Welcome to the Eclectic Gamers Podcast. Today is Sunday, January 28th. This is episode 54. I'm Tony. And I'm Dennis. And this time, we're joined by a super special guest. He is the 17th ranked in the world by the International Flipper Pinball Association as of this morning. He runs the hit pinball website, Fun With Bonus. He is known as the Marquis of Multiball, the Duke of Dead Flipping, the Prince of the Pops, and of course, the King of Cashing, Mr. Steve Bowden. Welcome to the Eclectic Gamers Podcast. Well, I, I feel welcome and super special. Thank you. <laughs> Good. I worked, I worked really hard to come up with all those acronyms for you. So if you ever take all up right. boxing, if you take up right. boxing, I've got almost a half dozen for you ready to go. Exactly. I'm ready to go to the ring now. Yeah, yeah. let's go. <laughs> Uh, pinball, oh, pinball podcast, Bloodsport. Yeah, let's talk about some <laughs> topics. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, uh, with our with our theme of of gamers, uh, it could really be any sort of game, including a, a, a bloody sport game, or mm-hmm. or the uh, the passionate game of the silver ball. And so, since we're in our introduction segment, uh, Steve, go ahead and and lead us off. I imagine a lot of our pinball fans uh, know <laughs> you because you do p- appear on a number of pinball podcasts, but. What's been going on recently or anything you want to mention or shout out about before we actually start diving into all these topics? Oh, sure. I'm Steve Bowden of funwithbonus.com, and I am a very prolific uh, pinball tournament player. I love playing in tournaments all the time and talking about them and competing and uh, meeting people and talking about strategies and other things that are you know happening in each of the games that are playing. Um, like I said, I'm funwithbonus.com. I do the new pinball dictionary, which I get requests to get new words from every time something strange happens. Yeah, that one's a lot of fun. Tournaments, right? Uh, what, what else? Uh, yeah, like I said, I just came from a tournament yesterday at, uh, in Maryland. So, you know, I'm just, I'm, I'm straight off of that. So I, I, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm glad, I'm very glad to be here and, uh, I'm, I'm glad to see the number of topics we've got coming up. This is going to be a very good show, I think. I, I hope so. And we really appreciate you coming on, especially on your recovery day post event. <laughs> We, we, we gotta get them while they're weak. We, I know, yeah. Our minds are malleable. Cut me, Lou. Cut me. Yeah. I've been, I've been driving for a, for a few hours. I'm struggling. <laughs> <laughs> Although what that does, I mean, it's, it's, it's kind of good to have that drive on the way back because, you know, if win or lose, you have that time to decompress. And so I have that time to decompress on the road so I can like, I can analyze what I did wrong and then clear that out. Or if I won, just say, okay, cool. So I, you know, I know what I did wrong. I know the mistakes I made and I can clear that out and move on to the next thing. Yeah, that's so you get to let the, you get to let the frustration out, you know, on the steering wheel and stuff. When you think of that one time you messed something up. Right. That's what it is. It's like when you, when you leave, it's like you think about, you think about that last ball or that last whatever got you out of the tournament that and then that period after that is post pinball depression where you clear out you know what what did you do wrong okay how can you learn about that okay and then when that's done okay now we can move on because there's luckily for us there's usually another tournament coming up pretty soon i mean it's not like back in the day a few years ago and we've got some tournaments coming up just about everywhere so you know get back up get back on that horse and get playing still inspiration to us all Speaking of inspiration, Tony, intro, what's been going on since our last show for you? Well, since our last show, we uh, had the first tournament that we attended this year, actually. That's right. At the uh, Pizza West tournament. And the the showing was a little light because it happened at the exact same time as the um, IFPA state championship. So none of the bigwigs were there, which means... I did good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you got to get it. You got to get paid when, when the opportunity is there. The door is open. 
That's that's that, right. That, that was my chance. And every time I came up against somebody who I actually thought I would have problems with, I was like, "Let's play Flash Gordon." Exactly. Uh-huh. Yeah, he's nice. <laughs> nice. I like it. This is true. Like it. Flash uh, Gordon's the equalizer. I mean, it doesn't matter how good you are. It, it, Flash Gordon will, will wipe you out if it gets a chance. Exactly right, because it punishes made shots. Like, what, what what shot is safe on Flash Gordon? There isn't any. Even, no. even things on the upper play field. Because if you're in the upper play field and you're too early, you'll shoot that the the, the upper loop the wrong way and come back down. <laughs> so yeah. it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's everywhere. That's what makes that game so so exciting. And not random, but kind of. I mean, you know, you got you got a master tap passing on that in order to just keep control, really, if you can. Because even if you make targets, you're in trouble. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, I mean, you hit the 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 drop downs on the right side at just the wrong angle, and it goes straight down the out lane. It's like, well, that was great, right? Yeah, it's like, oh, that's great, but I have to hit these. Yeah, but, they're know, too important not to go for. I gotta get it because I can't get the four X without getting the three and the two. So what do I do? And so it's just, well, I'm going to go for it anyway. And then you, and then the, the really bad thing is when you see your opponent do the same thing and not die. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then you have to think about that. It's like, wait a minute. My, my opponent just cleared the entire rack of targets on the right. That's not cool. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. Flash Gordon. <laughs> yeah. That, that, that's exactly that. So we did that. That, that was, that was a lot of fun. Uh, we had one of the rarities where we actually met in tournament play. Okay. Yeah, we don't face and each other much. Grudge yeah, match. very rarely. Oh, yeah, it was grudge match. It was full on grudge match. It went to three games. It went. Okay. It, it, it pushed hard. Um, uh, do you have any strategies against each other that you know each other's strengths, weaknesses, styles? You know, modern versus uh, classics games, things like that. Strategies. I I, I asked the uh, tournament to runner here. to go home and get Batman and bring it. Because <laughs> I <kept laughs> yeah. Batman. <laughs> yeah, t- Tony's stronger on on certain games, so so he'll know on that. He sent me to the generally speaking, he took me to the hardest games that were available. So he took me to Flash Gordon first, and I, I did yeah. win that one. But then he took me to Iron Man, which actually is one of my preferred games, but I did lose on it. And then uh, he finished me on Monster Bash, which I I don't enjoy competitively. Oh, so. That- I blew that game up though. I had a I had a really really good game that. I mean, I blew that thing up. No, yeah, yeah. So it was like I I saw (laughs) that score and I just couldn't get anything going on Monster Bash, and I was just sitting there thinking, why can't Attack from Mars be back in this lineup? Wow, right. (laughs) But yeah, that that is a serious set of three you just named there. I mean, Iron Man. Yeah, that's a Punisher. I mean, unless you have one real Iron Man is really a, a one good ball sort of game. You can take one ball and rule the entire world. You know, get dual die and everything, and you kind of locked it up. But uh, yeah, and Monster Bash, another one where if you don't get a roll, you kind of get nothing. You know, you can, yeah. you can you can you can almost start everything and have Jack, mm. you know, and then maybe start a couple things and then do pretty well. And then you have to start thinking about what kind of risks am I going to be taking on this game? How many monsters do I want to try to bring into this multi ball? Hmm, what's what's my opponent going to do? And that that little internal chess match that that happens there. Yeah, I managed to trigger Mummy Mayhem and complete it. So okay, all right, nice. That, so you got that hidden bonus that you don't really see. Yeah, because yeah. multi ball, you get like a ten million bonus because of the timer, but you don't yeah. see. It. No one. Sees it just it. happens. It just happens, and then you wake up like, oh, I have that now. Yes, all right, thank you. <laughs> okay, um, yeah, that's cool. He didn't need it. 
It, he didn't need it. It was <laughs> ball three was my only good ball, and it was I was so far from anything. I probably got close to just starting the basic Frankenstein multi ball, but I just kept I just kept losing it down one of the outlanes, and it was the tilts fairly tight on that one, so I I couldn't risk much. I mean, one nudge was usually a double a double danger, so. Ooh. Ooh, oh yes, that's, so, that's tight that's too. Yeah, they keep that. They keep that one tight. We don't want. We don't like those games to go long. So. Okay, <laughs> I definitely so. see. Yeah, if, if you yeah, if you're a monster bash and you really get that center that center spinner going and you can loop that around, that games can take a while. Mm-hmm. But you'll start seeing tournament players just shooting the center the center loop all the time. Center spinner just doing mosh pit until they die <laughs> because whatever because it works. So yeah, yeah I, I understand. So he sent me home. Uh, Tony, uh, I believe, ended fifth for that tournament, and I I took seventh. So okay, okay, which means I went out the very next round is what happened. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's that's the spirit spirit for me. But uh, so yeah, that went well for you. I haven't really had much outside of that, and you've already highlighted my my defeat. So. Uh, only thing I thought I'd go ahead and plug in here is we were doing a, a podcast t-shirt giveaway. So I did draw the winners on Friday as the instructions indicated. And so the four winners were Jeff C., Andreas Nervin, Jason Knapp, and Nathan Whitaker. So I've uh, sent emails to all of them to figure out what uh, what addressing and such I need to do to take care of that. And so thank you, anyone who was interested, because it shows us that some people care. At least a little bit for free stuff. <laughs> so let's get out of this intro section because I'm getting depressed thinking back about Monster Bash. And let's move into uh, our pinball stuff. And we'll go ahead before we get into the news and go ahead and kick off our, our shame round number three. And I, Steve, what, what this shame. is, is we're, we're running. Shame. <laughs> That's exactly exactly what it's stolen from because yeah. I, I can't create anything myself. I just steal. And uh, what we we had a show listener actually suggest doing a sort of a bracket tournament for people to submit in and vote on which games are games that might be considered shameful for a person to own or admit liking, but they actually mm-hmm. think are a good game. So okay. We, so we had a preliminary list of sixteen, and we just wrapped up the second round. And real quickly, that those were so eight games faced off in the second round. Uh, the Bally Game Show beat uh, Stern's WWE with 62.5% support. Mm-hmm. No surprise. That. Yep. No, I not really. That. Uh, I figured that would happen. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that, uh, that was not the widest margin of victory. This is the widest margin. It was Genie beat South Park, 73.9% of the vote. Wow! <laughs> <laughs> wow. it's the call outs it's the terrible call outs wow. nobody wow. likes those call outs I guess but wow. I still was surprised it was this wide of a margin because that's huge because that's it. because the, the game's a complete idea but it's it's a weak idea but it's <laughs> yeah yeah I mean I, I I get that shooting toilet all day is really boring but so is the entire left half of Genie so I you know I don't know it is what it is uh Big Buck Hunter beat uh, Gottlieb's Genesis with 68.2%. And our closest match was Sharky's Shootout did take out Dolly Parton, but only with 52.2% of the vote. That's really I'm surprised it's that close. That's really close for Sharky's there. I mean, I I like Sharky's and I'm not ashamed of it. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I don't hate Sharky's. I don't don't know if it's an exposure thing or what. I actually haven't played Dolly Parton, so... I can't me really, neither. I can't really. I can't yeah, really. Compare. I can't. You know, me neither. I can't offer any opinion on that. But Sharky's, 
Yeah, I, I, that's pretty decent. Like what? Eight ball on eight ball deluxe on steroids, so yeah. reversed, yeah. and that's yeah with a ramp. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> okay. And magic and, eight ball and, with a magic. Yeah, and a little and a little bit of deepness and strategy. Make sure you have text story multi ball and all that. And mm-hmm. you know, yeah, it's it's got some stuff in it. Mm. Yeah, they were they were trying there in two thousand when they didn't have to try anymore. Kind of right. <laughs> Somebody was trying in there. Yeah. Yeah. So the round three matchups are are just two matches, four games. Uh, game show is going to go up against Genie now. Steve, which which one's better? Mm, game show versus Genie. Genie with that whole left side of nothing versus game show with let me shoot the center ramp until I'm tired of it. But you know what? The, I like game show because you know I I just want a new trip and a fabulous truck and a new car. You know I like I like hearing them say that. So yeah, I I, I lean your way as well. There. I, you know, you just won this and that on all right and showcase Bonanza. Yeah, that's yeah, that wins for me. Yeah, I, I agree. I think it gets it on theme integration alone. Uh Tony, what's your thought? It's the anything is better than WWE. Really? We're 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 past <laughs> WWE though. Are you past WWE? <laughs> what wow. happened to me? Where did I w- go? I I heard game show and that was the last thing I heard. Oh, you you must have cut out on our on our Skype. Uh, all right, yeah, Game Show did beat WWE, so the new round matchup is Game Show versus Genie. Oh, oh, okay, yeah, no, I was things it was cutting out a little bit. I think it was because my 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 headphones were were being weird. Uh, game Show versus Genie, I haven't played either. Well, oh. I played Genie, but I haven't played Game Show. Oh yeah, that's right. You still haven't gotten up to four or three club where they still no. have it on location, waiting for you. So, um, I don't know. That's okay. You don't have to know. We'll, we'll know for you. You'll know for me. All right. And the second matchup, uh, for this round three is, uh, Big Buck Hunter Pro versus Sharky Shootout. I gotta give it to Sharkies. I'm sorry, but that deer, no. <laughs> <laughs> I like Sharkies. I like Sharkies a lot. That deer. I mean, I can, I can see the power of Big Buck Hunter. You know, again, I'm, I'm looking at, at strategically and the, and the deepness of it and, parts of it are too deep like open season who's <laughs> in order to get open season you basically have to have the perfect game on it but uh now i just have more fun with sharkies really i mean i part of it is mechanical i guess because a lot of times when i play big buck hunter that deer just doesn't work and you hit it and it's just like so mm. <laughs> you know and then sometimes you don't hit it at all and it counts twice so <laughs> i don't know and uh yeah so yeah i, I gotta give it the sharky uh, sharkies on that yeah, it's deep enough. It's it's deep enough to for for me. I, it's fine. Okay, uh, I Thank actually have not me. had a chance to ever play a Big Buck Hunter Pro, so I I can't say much. I I've heard about the the issue with the the near impossible to get wizard mode, and right. that game would probably have benefited from a mini wizard, uh, just to give people something a little flashy to that that was attainable. But I mean, I guess you can call it the monster buck mode, which is basically, you know, once if you get all the like if you get all the classic jackpots and then get all the doubles and then hit the deer enough, you'll start monster buck, which is basically all the balls come back and, you know, and you, you have a pretty good ball saver time. So it feels pretty wiz- pretty wizardy there. So you could sort of count that as a sub wizard, maybe, even though it doesn't count at that. So I would give it that little bit of credit for it. That's pretty exciting mode. But uh, as far as comparing it to Sharkies, nope, Sharkies wins. Okay. Well, I'm always bi- I'm biased on Sharkies because it's one of the few games I own. So. Mm-hmm. So okay. I enjoy Sharkies. Yeah, it's it's 
got enough fun that I didn't think originally that it should even be in this whole shame listing. I was amazed its rankings were as low as it was. Oh, it's easily out of the two hundred top two hundred. On our, our threshold was on solid state era and beyond. Was uh, you had to not be in the top two hundred of Pinside at the time. I okay. Re- so a few uh, games got through. Like someone had yeah. submitted Avatar. Avatar's too well re- liked. To, yeah, to, that's to Avatar. Be in that. That's yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So that's how that's how Sharky's made it in the shameless because like I guess I don't feel shameful at all. So yeah. I don't like that game. Every everything that was submitted was outside of the top two hundred. Uh, wow. Although if it was an EM game, it only had to be outside of the EM top one hundred, and that's how mm-hmm. Bally's El Toro made it in, which was a oh, round one. Oh God. <laughs> round no, one. <laughs> Who could like it? I don't know. So it did. <laughs> so anyway, it it did not survive at all. Obviously. <laughs> Yeah, El Toro was in Pinburg and everybody hated it. Like, <laughs> I, would, I, would, I would go past El Toro and people would be talking about it. Like, that's how bad. Like, like, the the, bad the only is. good thing I have ever heard about El Toro is I have heard people say there are worse EM machines. There are. Wow. It's just the most well, famous bad one. Could be worse. Jeez. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow, <that's> <laughs> but, what a what a glowing endorsement. Uh, so... So yeah, someone our avatar uh got thrown out for being too well liked. There was another one that got submitted that was uh that was too highly ranked. I don't remember which one it was, another solid state. And then we did have one game, one of the street level Gottliebs, uh Vegas, which wasn't mm-hmm. ranked at all. There aren't enough people okay. who have voted on it. So it was allowed in, uh, but it did not survive well. So Everyone just has just enjoys a good game of hoops and that's it. So on that one, hoops was not submitted <laughs> as a shameful game yeah, because it's not shameful. Yeah, it's, it's not the shameful. only street fellow so. game that everybody knows. Like, it's, it's, it, it's unranked on Pinside. Uh, oh really? Okay. Have, yep. The only the only street level that had enough uh, have any votes for ranking is uh, the the one they made the most of, Silver Slugger. Okay. Right. Mm-hmm. Understandable. Okay, so let's move on to news. News. All right. Yeah. All right. We got three kind of big news. Well, big-ish news topics. Uh, the first one's probably the smallest one, actually, and that mm-hmm. was uh, Stern Pinball did formally announce that the Lucy iteration of ACDC will be getting a vault edition. It took a lot of people by surprise. Uh, I mean, the reaction's mixed. There are some people that uh, were excited about that because most of the ACDCs are broadly viewed as fairly ugly looking. Um, but on the flip side, there also has been a lot of discussion on social media about sexism and pinball and that this style of art really isn't appropriate for the band, for it not being a, an actual mascot or anything that's associated with ACDC. So that's sort of been the fallout on the, on the other side where, but I have seen people say now they're buying a game that weren't going to buy one before. So I, I suppose for Stern's bottom line, it's probably a smart move. Well, let's see. Well, how, like, when I first saw Lucy out there, I was like, okay, so, you mean not Tron Vault? You know? <laughs> I, mean, yeah, I, I yeah, totally shocked. I, I, I remain, <laughs> I remain surprised about Tron. I mean, is that is that what is? Are we all in agreement that Tron is the most logical vault vault to be vaulted? Oh yeah, I have no idea why there hasn't been a Tron Vault yet. It makes okay. the most sense. Okay, see, I thought, see, I didn't know, I didn't know if if it was a general consensus that that was it. You know, because I'm thinking, okay, then, then I started searching online. And I said, like, okay, I'm, my thought is not original. Everybody wants Tron. Why is it not coming out? So then, it, then my thoughts move to, okay, so is everybody just telling Stern that they wanted this back? How are they telling them? Is it on a forum, a Facebook post? What, where are they getting these numbers that say we need to make this many? Why are we making this many? Do we need to get some cash flow because of 
Guardians. I don't. I mean, this, this is total BS. I'm speaking now. It's total speculation. It's totally. Well, that's what. That's what we do. That, like, it's totally irresponsible. As you know, BS and speculation is what podcasts are built on. So, right. yeah. so yeah. No, I don't. I mean, ACDC very. I don't know where they detected whether or not there was the demand. In the Lucy iteration, they never made very many of them. So I'm not surprised since that was Stern developed art that once they renewed the license to vault ACDC that they'd start doing the various flavors. I don't think that's particularly surprising. I was surprised when they decided that ACDC is what needed to be vaulted. I'm more concerned, thinking past that, that Tron might not be the next one. The rumor mill is saying that is going to be Walking Dead. And that was just in production last year. So I really yeah. don't get that. Is that I, do you count that as a vault? I mean, <laughs> we, we just did that. The only thing I can figure out is it's got to be a license issue. It's got to be. It's the only thing that makes sense why they haven't vaulted Tron as of yet is because they've got a licensing issue. But but how hard could it be? I mean, they already have an established relationship with Disney, and this is not a top tier franchise for Disney. So I can't even imagine they, you know, st- what everyone's assuming Star Wars it and you know make it ultra expensive and ultra controlling on the art design. Yeah, I don't know. It's just the only thing that makes sense to me why they wouldn't have done it by now. Because I because like you guys said, I did not see a giant clamoring for ACDC out there. Yeah, are we talking about people who are holding ten thousand dollar Lucia? I mean, have the prices gone up so much that it's become? No, no, no. I is mean, that what it is? Not not I mean, to, not, not not to asinine so. levels. And that's okay. where I, that's where I agree with you, Steve. Because if you look at the used market. Tron, I mean, like the Tron Pros, because everyone's modded them all out, are going for what the premium, or excuse me, the LEs originally sold for, and the LEs are up in that stratosphere of ridiculous pricing, and mm-hmm. so it just seems like it would be a an an a, a easy idea to implement that. Hey, let's do that. Let's make a quote unquote premium version. Maybe you change the art package back to the eighty two art package or something, kind of like how just they did with Spider Man. Right. Yeah, do that. Let's come up with Tron eighty two. Let's see if let's see what happens. Although, I mean, you can't have Tron eighty two and put Daft Punk music in it. I mean, <laughs> well, my, my solution you got to my, have the old soundtrack, which could be a problem. The I'd old like. so, right, the old so, the, well, I think the old soundtrack has some journey in it, but outside okay, outside no, of that, right. <laughs> it, it's yeah. it's kind of weak. Yeah. So so yeah. here's my solution: you give it an eighty two paint job. And then you just put Daft Punk in anyway. You don't even try and correspond the DMD. You just be like, no, you guys don't <laughs> yeah. care. You don't yeah. care. Don't ask any questions. Don't, don't ask any questions. Don't, yeah. don't look too closely. Oh, we, that's all right. We, yeah. we don't need the save Mary Jane versus tell Mary Jane mode change. You know, <laughs> exactly. it's pinball. Yes. People will move on. No. But, <laughs> yes. <laughs> no. What? That's like, okay, that's a mode. Okay. Mm-hmm. But yeah, but from a pricing perspective, Tron is the obvious one looking at what the used market is commanding. Uh, and demand-wise, from what I've seen on forums, it's the obvious one, probably followed not by ACDC, but rather by uh, Lord of the Rings. Right. Yeah, where is that? I mean, my goodness. I mean, I'm sure I'm sure everybody would, would be clamoring for some Lord of the Rings right now. I know I would if, if I were in the market to buy a game. But mm-hmm. well, uh, I, I've wondered on Lord of the Rings if maybe part of the issue is because they don't change the board sets when they do a vault. Everything they've vaulted so far has been Sam's system, and they would have to go back to uh, White oh, Star. To, that might be too much uh, reinvestment, I guess. In right. I, I've, won- right. I've wondered. Yeah. I don't okay. know. It's just a just a thought. Okay, uh, so that's sense. Lucy. I hate that it makes sense. It makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> I hate that it makes sense. This week in pinball, uh, 
major conglomerating uh, source of news now for the hobby. Makes it very convenient to know what's going on without having to d- dive into the, the toxicity of forums. Oh, it's beautiful. It's podcast show prep. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a, lot, a, number, a number of podcasts rely on it to build their entire news segment. I still tend to, to go through a lot of the forum stuff. I should probably just uh, release myself and allow myself to drift down the calm <laughs> waters of this weekend. Mm-hmm. But I do yeah, love it I, as a source. That's all I use anymore. Is this Every week I check this weekend pinball. I've actually got it set up on my my uh, uh, thing. So every time they get a new post, it automatically pops up in mm. my list as something to go look at. Mm. So it's like, what did I miss this week? Okay. Oh, all right. <laughs> here's, here's something else I didn't have to go to Pinside for. Sweet. All yep. right. Nice. So Jeff is a major asset to the community. And uh, he had a follow-up interview this last week with Deep Root Pinball, the new uh, entity on the scene uh, mm. that you know sent ripples across the the waters of manufacturing with the announcement that John Papaduke, more commonly known as J Pop, was the designer that they had contracted with. And we do have a link to the interview in the show notes, so people can just click on that if they want to go and read it. And uh, if you're interested in this, you should read it because we're not going to read it aloud to you. Um, but as a quick sort of bullet point summary about what was new from what we learned from the last interview that This Week in Pinball had conducted, uh, they have now announced additional exclusive designers, Barry Osler, who is indicated to be an in-house designer for them, and then also Dennis Nordman and John Norris. They indicated that they got David Thiel to do the sounds for them. Uh, they gave a basic summary of what the, the five days of deep root will be in terms of what sort of broad topic would be on each day. Uh, they announced that there would be an upcoming webinar to reach out with uh, information to the Zidware customers. Uh, they, uh, it was indicated that there will also be an upcoming interview on this podcast. Uh, it was indicated that they are not going to be using an assembly line, but instead something that they refer to as quad assembly. Uh, indicated that the dimensions would be the WMS era Bally Williams size. So I, I guess that indicates not Zizzle machines. Uh, they indicated no plans to prototype with public test machines, at least. And one theme was announced, a uh, fire and brimstone, a Christian themed pinball designed to appeal beyond that specific religious demographic. So that's it in a nutshell. Uh, there's a lot though to unpack. Uh, Steve, you're Woo! our guest. I'll let I'll Woo! let you open. I, am I? <laughs> open wow, the, I'm, open I'm the, the ribbon guest. on the box. And, oh, and wow, reach yeah. In let's it. yeah, let's investigate this thing. Okay. <laughs> um. So yeah. So so I open it up. I, I read this weekend pinball, and I read this this sea of marketing <laughs> that, that I read of, of marketing language and what's going on here. And then, and then I look and I see, well, congratulations. Eclectic Gamers has picked up the, the, the interview. Like, that's awesome. So then I realize, okay, this show is basically the show before the deep root show. This is, this is the show before the Mueller investigation. So we're going to be kind of waiting for that, for the next show. So I have no delusions of grandeur on, on, mm-hmm. on, uh, on the popularity or, you know, uh, of, of this show because of me being on it or anything. But, uh, just want, you know, congratulations on that. But well, there's a lot of questions which I, you know, I'd like to ask, which I probably won't even make sense of, of asking. I mean, I know in the middle of it, it, it talked about, it, it seemed like code was going to be customizable, maybe. How customizable? Are we talking about P-Rock customizable? Can we write our own code? Who's coding it? You know, who's Lyman? Who's Keith Johnson? Who's Joe Katz? Who's, who are they going to be at this place? Who's going to be the master 
uh, that we can put our trust in that are going to come out with good code because I'm a tournament player, so I'm interested in code and how games play well and everything. So that was just one of the questions I was just thinking of and, and before I got lost in the sea of marketing at the end. So like my mind gets sort of twisted in knots and I try as I try to break through the the pseudo speak and everything. So so uh, that's why I listen to shows like yours. You know, not not try to kiss up or anything because you tend to kind of break through that that stuff in a good concise way so i'm looking forward to next to, to the next episode of this show as much as everyone else that's going to be pretty good well we'll we'll see what he uh i mean i i should go ahead and, and clarify we didn't reach out to to deep root to secure the mm-hmm. interview when when they first announced i sent an email offering you know if they wanted to have an interview and at the time they did not uh and then we were in discussions regarding some other stuff later on and uh which i wasn't interested in but i said you know if you if you do want to use a podcast platform to do an interview i'm i'm always open to having a discussion and so they ended up being interested so that's sort of how that came about and i've been in the process of trying to construct a list of questions and you're not the only one who has contacted me regarding the software (laughs) specifically so Mm -hmm. so in fact i was uh i was chatting with ryan c who was one of the hosts of the head-to-head pinball podcast Right, and while his his software concerns aren't exactly the same as yours, because you're coming at it from a very tournament perspective, he focused more in on this sort of open source idea. Is this like is that the idea? Is it going to be fully open source, or is anyone going to be able to do like Chad H does with with the Daddy mm-hmm. East games and fully rewrite the rule set if he so desires? Uh, is it going to have tools? Is it going to be like, is there going to be a GUI and we're going to be able to go in and Minecraft our way into new rules? And just exactly. Sort of, I, Cause that could be great, but I mean, we're <sighs> right. But, 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 on, but on the flip side, I got very concerned uh, when, with the expression in the interview that they wanted, they wanted to move this to a point where you would no longer be able to say the code is complete or incomplete. And that. I don't get. I, I don't, I, like I don't that. get it. I don't get it. I, so I get scared of that because then I, you know, just just the way my crazy mind works is I hear that and then I start thinking about in the gaming world about constant DLC and all that. Sort of, I mean, I don't mm. know. I mean, could it be something like that where all of a sudden we're on this version and this version and this version and it it just it's never really complete. You don't have a complete idea. I mean, you, usually at at some point an artist has to be like, "This is done." This yeah, is except a complete for George idea. Lucas. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, sorry, Bird sorry, prequel cool and I, I apologize, George. He's a, I'm sure he's a big fan. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm sure he, he's wiping his tears with the billions of dollars Disney right. paid him. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but yeah, that, that's, that's kind of. I guess it's different. They're trying to be different, and so I'm allowing myself to remain skeptical but optimistic. I guess. Yeah. Well, uh, I. The the software stuff obviously is is a big question. Um, I assume some of the the questions that are going to be gathered up by them and by this week in pinball more orient around the webinar they announced. That's going to be very focused on the Zidware stuff because it it seems like that's the current priority is to try and resolve the issue with the Zidware customers. Right. And uh, I I looked at back when they had that first interview with with Jeff in this week in pinball about the. Buyout's probably not the right word, but you know, it's sort of like a you drop any legal claim action and they'll give you credit towards getting deep root machines. And it seems pretty obvious that he's trying to take the Zidware ideas and then make make implement them as deep root games, the ones at least that weren't built. Um 
I so we'll see what sort of comes out of all of that. Uh, that's its own sort of can of worms. Uh, what do you guys think about the the designer announcements? I mean, Osler, Nordman, and Norris; these are well established names uh, from anyone who's familiar with pinball in the eighties and nineties. I mean, yeah, that's what got me. I, I, I hesitate to say excited, but yeah, I mean, I saw. I'm like, wait a minute, these are names, so we're in, right? We're this is this is a good leadoff hitter. You've let off strong. You've hit a signal. So let's see. I mean, so that's what got my attention. And then we saw that David deals on music. So I'm like, okay, we're wow. All right. Uh, this is good, good backup. You started strong and you came in stronger. I mean, David deals done music from now until what for 10 years. I mean, every game since pirates, Uh, everyone, everyone loves David's music. Every game since pirates. All right. So now I'm in, I'm in. Right. So then after, okay, you have to calm down. Don't get excited. All right, stay skeptical. And then that's when the marketing started. Right. And, and, and the no me, program. That's brought me back and down. The, and the yeah, no that's what brought me back yeah. down to reality. So that, okay. So that's kind of where I am in my, in my, you know, limited experience in this sort of thing. Like I said, I'm not, I'm not a collector. I, I'm, I'm, I'm an owner. I, I'm not, you know, I own games. I, I would not call myself a collector because I don't hang out in the new inbox pinball drama part of the hobby at all so right. I, I bought low and i kept my games you know demolition man working for 1200 so that's kind of where i was 1200 american so that's kind of where i am <laughs> okay right i'm kind of not i'm kind of not getting rid of it so i'm sort of looking at this uh new inbox scene from afar and hoping things go well because if they go well that means that increases my opportunity to maybe play these games in a tournament or at someone's house or so or at a, at a show or something like that because you know even though my wallet isn't out we need wallets to be out to buy these games right and that and that's a that's a really good point i mean the motto of deep root pinball and i'll probably butcher it i should have written it out ahead of time i think it's something along the lines of a a home for every pinball a pinball for every home or something along those lines close enough which i think's right which okay so marketing speak aside if that's actually the driving vision then it I mean, what's the what's the big hurdle? Why do why do not all pinballs have homes, or not all homes more specifically have pinballs? And the answer is because they're super expensive. Dollar, <laughs> so, dollar bills, everybody. Yeah. So I mean, they take up a ton <laughs> of space and they cost a lot of money. So and they take maintenance. Can't forget all the maintenance. You know, no, right. that's true. You can't. So I'm curious at whether or not it's that's just a a catchy sort of line for them, or if they're actually planning to target. A, a, the lower end of the spectrum. Whereas currently every single company that has come about since Stern pinball being the only game in town has been, we're going to target the high dollar collector. I mean, everyone sells for more than Stern pro, right? The only closest exception, and it's not an exception yet would be home pin. They're the only Mm. ones that seem to be trying to price around the, around the pro price. Maybe if they end up shipping to the U S which I, that I'm not getting into home pin. Because I don't know enough about them right right now, and the reactions to Thunderbirds wasn't the most positive from the people that played it that I last saw. So, well, that may be more of a game number two evaluation. But regardless, I'm really curious about what what they're doing. I mean, I don't expect a lot here. I don't expect to learn all these innovations and such that are discussed. I'm trying to figure out though if they're doing things that are going to reduce the price of the machine. Otherwise, that the slogan doesn't seem accurate. If that makes sense. Doesn't right, seem I told, like I totally, I totally agree with you, Dennis. Like once I heard that slogan, I'm thinking, okay, are they going to release games for a sick price? That's not even doesn't make sense. Like, are we going to see like a three thousand nine hundred ninety five dollar game somehow in some fantasy land that be might amazed. be affordable? 
I'm like, and how can you do that and still pay everybody? <laughs> right, right, right. And, and so, and you know, and there's, you know, other things that crop up. I mean, I think in the first interview with This Week in Pinball, they, uh, the, the principal behind Deep Root, which is Robert, Robert Muller. Not the Robert Moeller, but the mm-hmm. Robert Moeller. <laughs> the and the. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> so many, both attorneys, incidentally, very confusing. And so he, uh, I believe he indicated that they were, you know, they were looking at wanting to penetrate a new demographic for pinball, which makes a lot of sense, I, I think, from a, from a strategic and entrepreneurial perspective. But then, you know, it starts to raise a lot of the other questions because it's like, well, you bring in J-Pop. Now you bring in Osler, Nordman, and Norris. These names only mean things to pinheads. Mm-hmm. The, I mean, right, if, right, if right. you're trying to make pinball a popular game room item for people who aren't really into pinball, they don't care that you got the guy who did Rescue 911. They don't know that. I know plenty of people uh, in our local competitive scene that don't know the designers. Right. They just know, that, that, oh, I like this and this and this. Yeah, like that was room. me. That that's still yeah. me. Like sometimes I still confuse who designs it. I just know the game plays great, you know. Right. And I'll and I'll and I'll really I, I like I know Monster Bash as a Lyman game, just right because he did the rules. I'm, yeah, <laughs> where, Monster where, Bash is some of Lyman's best work. So I, that's <laughs> how I know that that game for. Right? And that's the same right. thing with Spider Man. I know Spider Man because Lyman saved Spider Man. Spider Man was dead, and Lyman decided, you know what? No, we're gonna bring him back to life. So I know Steve Ritchie designed it. But when I see Spider-Man, I think Lyman game. So that's, mm-hmm. yeah. He, and he yeah. saved Walking Dead. He reanimated yeah. it. Oh, yeah. It was <laughs> really game. good for the zombie theme. Woo! So extra, extra well, props to him there. And that, and that amount of power may, really makes you wonder about the whole coding thing that's coming up because there are no names. There is nothing like that. I mean, that's with how that, important that is. It's huge. That was the gap. I was waiting for encoded by. Oh. <laughs> Okay, and that's the big and and, and is it as coded by the community? It was it's, that's sort of the question that was being answered that was that was answered there. That's what it seemed like. Yeah, yeah. whole thing. Yeah. So uh, anyway, I because because of feedback like like what you have just provided and what I've heard from others, I I do want to explore. I am planning to explore that if they're willing to give us a bit more detail on the software side of things. So. Uh, and people can always email in if you have questions that you you want us to consider asking uh, eclecticgamerspodcast at gmail dot com. I'm I'm open to suggestions. I'm not going to promise I'll ask them if I don't if I don't like the question. It's off. I mean, <laughs> right. it's just it's just how it is. I'm not, you know, I'm not, uh, you know, we're not endorsing this company. We don't endorse manufacturers on this show. We don't have relationships with manufacturers on this show. It's just how it how we've we've approached it. We're we're we are more outside. It's part of the I guess a benefit of being one of the smaller podcasts, but. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know we want to be respectful, of course, of everyone's time, and uh, there's probably a lot that just they're not going to be ready to discuss yet because they have a, clearly have a marketing plan in mind. Um, but I'm I'm hoping we can get a little more uh, footing here, especially I think given the the issue with all the Zidware customers and trying to win them over. It's very hard to win people over when they don't know what they're getting in exchange for giving up their rights to do something. Right, because it's it's call it sort of a trade in, but it seems like a trade. You're trading in rights for credits, right? Exactly. Is, yeah, which is not even rights for dollars. It's rights for credits. So it's not even rights for dollars, so I can spend it on anything I want. It's rights for a giant gift card. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. Right. So, that may yeah. or may not turn out to be anything that you want. It's right. a, gift, a gift card to a store that isn't open yet. Right. Mm-hmm. So. For for a pinball machine, you might not want maybe. 
Yeah, yeah. and that's the thing. I mean, we don't. Uh, well, now, other than fire and brimstone, we don't even know. We don't even know the broad themes. And, right. and for me, the themes aren't even. I'm not interested in the themes. I need to see what the game plays like. Exactly. So, yeah. That that game that the, like their first game has to come out well. <laughs> it has mm-hmm. to. I mean, you can't. You can't have people with credits and then people looking at the game that's available for said credit and saying, "Okay, I don't want this game." And now I have this huge credit that I can't do anything with. So they're kind of putting a whole lot of more pressure on themselves, which I'm guessing they either have, they have this confidence. They're coming out with, they come out with a lot of dessert for pinheads like myself. You know, there's the Osler, the Nordman, you know, the, the, the Teal, Norris. That's a whole lot of good tasting things that I'm seeing. But, uh, yeah, like I said, I agree with you. We got, we got to come up with the substance. Like how, how do we make people whole with zipware and, and do that? So. Yeah, we, that's going to be very interesting. Oh, my goodness. That's yes, deep. Well, it's very deep. This is something I've had to reread multiple times just to get it in my head of what's happening from afar as I'm looking at it, knowing that whatever comes out, I know I'm not buying it, but it's just something Right, right, right. Well, right, it's, it's the same thing. I mean, I'm always excited to learn about the, the New Jersey Jack game, even though the, mm-hmm. those are out of my price point. So it's just that's not it's never in the cards. But, you know, I see them on location. So it matters right. to me because I mm-hmm. will put money in it and make an operator right. some cash. If and I that's like a, it. That's a similar point, like I said, about d- d- Dialed In. That's d- dialed In is a Lawler game. Lawler is a name only known to pinheads. So right. it, it, it took that amount of time for the, for Dialed In to become multiple Twippy award-winning game of the year. But it didn't start out that way. No, so, no. Uh, no. Of course not. It started out as, what is this game with a phone in it? And, and we had to tell people, wait, you didn't play the game yet. I know you haven't played the game yet because I'm here at Expo and you're not. So I've played it. It's, it's not bad. <laughs> okay. Give it a shot. So that's how that started out with. And so that's going to happen here with this company and they have people with credits that they need. See, that's the thing. Oh my goodness. This is, it's even uncomfortable to talk about. We're going to have people with credits that need to spend credit on this thing that they, that they need to get now. And that game, that game that they need to get now better be good. It's a lot of pressure. Yeah, I, I, I still, I still don't really understand the 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 business decision from a strategy standpoint to take on the Zidware problem. It just seemed like a burden that wasn't necessary, especially now that I see these new names. It's yeah, like start off new, start off brand new. We are a new company. You're gonna you get you, got, you have Osler, Norris, and and uh, Nordman at your disposal you've got them contracted in ready to to come up with all sorts of games they've all had varying degrees of success some very very highly ranked games looking back in the realm of history and the and the hindsight being 2020 and all of that you don't you don't need j-pop and if you don't need j-pop then you don't need the zidware headache and if you don't have the zidware headache then you just face the usual hurdles of being a startup in a, in a crowded right. pinball hobby which is right. challenging enough but you know I'm not an entrepreneur I'm I'm a I'm a bureaucrat by training what, what do I know I guess I know, t- <laughs> I know taxes so hey, you know maybe I'm I'm, I'm I'm off base I'm just trying to figure out I'm just trying to figure out and you know in in part of the marketing it is oh making pinball is easy is it okay I I thought it was hard it seems hard you're going to make it easy all right let's see it I, I was you're right. Well, yeah, that, let's that's see this royal flush you got. Let's see it. Where's let's see this. Let's see this full house you have. <laughs> okay. Deep Root took a lot of Robert with Deep Root took a lot of heat for that statement. I actually I remember when we when Tony and I covered the the first interview. I actually was somewhat sympathetic to that to that claim, uh, and I know most people weren't. Uh, but I'm coming at it from a, I suppose a more 
historical perspective. I remember reading an interview with Harry Williams, and I remember him saying why he got into pinball, because he was trying to find and do and build mechanical games that were ma- you could put on location to make money. And he ended up going all in on pinball because it was so easy compared to everything else. Mechanically, mm-hmm. it's not okay. a complicated idea. Now, mm-hmm. they're more complicated now than they were in the Harry Williams era. But I, I do think that that has become a, a bit of a a bit of a crutch for companies when they don't do well. And it's just like, oh, well, it's just really complicated. I think that's more manufacturing's complicated. But I don't think there's anything inherently more complicated about pinball than building any other device that's got a few hundred components in it. All right, point. Like sort of a crutch. I see what you're saying. Like sort of using that, you sort of using that general mentality as a fallback in case delays happen and more delays happen. Well, exactly. I mean, I to to say, well, we didn't we didn't accurately we couldn't figure out how long it would take for us to get our vacuum formed ramps. Why is that any Mm -hmm. more or less challenging to predict than having your transistors put on any electronic board that exists, be it a pinball board or what goes into those little Super NES classics that no one can find because they didn't Mm -hmm. make enough of them? (laughs) Oh, we didn't know making making Nintendos is hard, I guess. I mean, it is. It is. is, But it isn't. It's not. Yes. It's Artificially a, limiting quantity is hard. Yeah, right, right, right. Well, yeah. poor, poor it's real hard. I'll never understand you know? Nintendo's business decisions. But but, <laughs> but anyway, so, yeah, yeah, no, they're challenges. They're manufacturing challenges. But I don't think there's anything inherently more challenging about pinball than anything else that has that amount of sophistication in it. And there's a lot of things that are sophisticated and built now in competitive. So, in that regard, I'm just, I'm always a little like, it's, yeah, a bit of a crutch, a bit of, it's just too easy to roll off the tongue and, and that would be okay, except a lot of the community just kind of accepts it now. I mean, right. people who are willing to wait three years to get games, that's not healthy. It's not healthy for the community. In my once you once you've waited that long, you're kind of pot committed at that point. So, right. And that's where you, you'll see these discussions, right, regarding Dutch pinball or highway mm-hmm. pinball. And right. it's like, you can't really get your money back. So you you have to cheer for him to succeed, but yeah, right. But from a survival of the business fittest perspective, these businesses should not be around anymore. They've already failed. The yeah, they're taking they're taking money out of the scene that could have gone somewhere else. Exactly. Now everybody has this sunk cost. I guess that's what it is. I think it's sunk cost that they've already invested, and they have these years of this money that they could have invested in. A 401k, something, I don't know. Sure, right, no, anything. Else. And an IRA, I'll just put it in a yeah. savings account. You'd have gotten right. something. You'd gotten 0.58% interest or right. something. Right, got something with it. <laughs> oh, and, and, and let's take, you know, Zidware here. I mean, because that's the one that's relevant to Deep Root. I mean, if in my view, and I'm obviously I'm speculating quite a bit, but if J-Pop had just recognized at whatever point it was recognizable that this is not working, I I've spent too much money and accomplished too little with it, had Zidware declare bankruptcy, paid back all of these creditors, pennies on the dollar, it, I feel, would have been done. He could have gone to another company if they were willing to hire him, and people would have let that go because he would have failed in the right way. It would have been clean. Right, right. It would have been cleaner. Clean cleaner. Yeah. yeah <laughs> cleaner. I mean, people would have been bitter. People would have been mad. I gave you, you know, fifteen thousand dollars for 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 Magic Girl, and I only ended up getting back, you know, seven thousand or whatever. However, it would work out. But the point being that there would have been that whole legal redress done 
instead of this kind of, oh, I'm still making it. I mean, that, I guess, is the official stance. The company is st- – I mean, it's a dissolved corporation last I looked in Illinois. But in theory, it's like, well, we're still trying to accomplish the games. And then you have American Pinball come in, and then you have people being, well, we really need American Pinball to succeed so that we can get our Magic Girls. And then mm-hmm. people got the Magic Girls, and it was just a box of lights in almost yeah, true right. literal fashion. Man, and- <laughs> oh, as soon as I heard that pattern, I was like, okay – pyramids scheme we need this to do this in order so that this can do this to make to pay back the people from this rob peter to pay paul i'm like no we're not no no mm-hmm. oh, wait 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 that's because that's what that sounds like that just, that's just what that's it sounds like a multi-level marketing thing like i gotta get three people to buy my avon so that i can promote myself to the higher level of the company and they can get seven people to so they can give me I mean, yeah. so, it's probably so you totally can get that wrong. pink that pink yeah. Cadillac right? yeah. I guess that's it's, Mary Kay but yeah yeah so anyway I mean that's my so yeah there's a there's a right way to fail and there's a there's a wrong way to fail and I, I think if the right way to fail had been done this wouldn't be nearly as controversial mm-hmm. uh, but because the way it ended up yeah you get these weird divisions where there are still people that they're holding out hope because they have no other hope in their view of getting any money or anything and so you know, there'll be some that are, and I've even seen, I've seen it on Penn side. We see every opinion on Penn side, but right. uh, where there are people that are, you know, cheering on, they want deep root to be successful because they th- see it as the only way. I mean, credit in, in deep roots better than nothing from Zidware. I totally understand the perspective, but they should never have been in this boat. But here we are in the boat. Yeah. The boat has the holes in it. The boat's here. It's there. It is. The boat has a hole. Are we going to patch it up? What are we going to? I don't know. Gonna, and every time you do? think the boat's going to sink, someone else comes with a new patch kit, and you think, right? Oh, maybe now oh, it's okay. This might be good. And this hey, might be good. And I'm not saying it won't be okay this time. It might be, but uh, it, it, the boat should have just sank a long time ago. And that's what it looks like. Is it looks like it might be okay every time. It's that's like, right. Like, come on, it might be okay this time. Pen- come Pentasia, on, come on. Pentasia, yep. and then American Pinball, and now and yep. now deeper. And you know, I don't know. If you, yeah. it's possible. I mean, I see the path to it being okay. It's just, it, it I think like it, it would save a lot of a lot of heartache and a lot of uh, a lot of money that got tied up with, that shouldn't have been tied up. Had it just been, had the boat been allowed to sink and everyone just used their life vests, it would have been better. I think that's true. Yeah, it's sort of like it's kind of like that that failure you get on the midterm as opposed to that failure you get at the end of the school year that sort of languishes through the summer and then you have to go to summer school because you failed you know meanwhile the failure in the beginning in the middle of school year you can recover from by that time and and and, uh you know get past it this is uh this it it could it could work out this time come on seven come on eleven come on (laughs) (laughs) that's what it feels like to me looking from afar and uh being i guess not glad but satisfied to not have any money invested oh yeah in any of this you know hate to even well, I, say that but that's what it feels like i think at this point that's the biggest rule in pinball is don't invest any money unless you're getting something right bloody now that's right <laughs> well and and that's where where deep deep root is playing it smart and they've always been very clear that they're not interested in pre-order money which is the safest thing for anybody trying to get into the system now after so many burns has to do. It's just the only way because nobody's going to take them seriously otherwise. Yeah, you can't ask for pre-order money now and, and be taken at least not not a huge amount. I mean, it better be it better be a deposit. <laughs> you can't no, ask no, for no, the no. whole thing. Right, deposits and stuff. I mean, they're they're thing. Yeah. I'm not, 
there are things that make sense for for companies to do, mm-hmm. and and people aren't going around faulting Spooky Pinball for asking for a, a non refundable deposit at this stage. Right, no. mm-hmm. Yeah, because they've produced. <laughs> yes, it, it helps a lot when you've made something. I mean, and that's part of the reason why the while the difficulties of highway are are more difficult for people to accept. I think is because they put out full throttle first, so you thought you had an established manufacturer, and then Alien ha- has struggled to uh, to ship units. Uh, and now that they're shipping, they're struggling on quality. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a, yeah, it's so an it interesting. Like we time. had it. Seems like this is good. This is good. And all of a sudden, this is not quite as good. But it's it's it looks it's looking good. The software's good. The, you know, the code's good. Looks looks great. Looks fun. Sounds great. And yes, yeah, I can see like they're not quite there. I can hear you. It's sort of a different. It's sort of a not a bait and switch, but a different sort of switch. There, it's like we had it and then we sort of didn't, but we kind of do. Come on seven, come on eleven, you know. Right, I mean, right, that's what it right. is, right? Right, and and the issue in part besides the difficulties for those that are funding tied up that they can't get back, which is the case for both Dutch and Highway for some people involved. It's the strength there is people have played those games, and there are people who like how both of those games play. Mm-hmm. So they're, they're okay games. Yeah, hey. you've got a product that a lot of people right. view as as acceptable to good to great, depending on mm-hmm. their on their opinion, and that I mean that that helps in the sense that I mean like if it had been Predator still at this stage, <laughs> which I had never heard played well by anyone who ever got to try it, uh, you know the the song might be a little different. It it stings more when you actually think the game is good. Yeah, especially yeah, they just if people just want their stuff. Just give it. Just give people their stuff. Can we can we can we start fresh somehow? We can't. But you know, it just uh, this just feels so uncomfortable. The amount of money that's sort of in flux. <laughs> It's so, so it's just such influx of so much empathy for these people who, you know, saw a product that they really liked or, and then one, especially alien. I mean, aliens like a dream theme for, for some people. I mean, oh yeah. I love I, that theme. I love yeah, that theme. Great but. theme. But, uh, yeah, as soon as that came out and it was like, what? No Ripley. It was, that, yeah. <laughs> that wasn't like the what? No gravy of that game. It's like, wait, there's alien, but there's no. <laughs> Yeah, oh, okay. I, I don't eat plain mashed potatoes. So. Right. But the gravy, oh, come on. Next time, remember the gravy. I mean, come on. I'll wait. All right. Well, did we have anything else we wanted to touch on on Deep Root? No, other than good interview, I think. You know, have a good luck and good interview. You know, that's, I wish you that. Yeah, well, well, Jeff's was great. Um, I'm, I'm hoping it, it goes well. Um, and yeah. we'll probably get that recorded. It might just be me with him, uh, depending on the schedule. But because we're we're not going to record it the day of the podcast, it'll probably be a day or two ahead of time, and I'll I'll mm-hmm. drop it in the next episode. But since they've he picked the date that he that worked for him based around our our schedule, because yeah. we don't really do special episodes very often unless I have right. to do something in person, <laughs> like when when Nick was in town for the for the EM talk. Um, yeah. we make exceptions for th- fun things right. like that. But all of a sudden, you break in in the middle of the week, like this is an eclectic gamer special report. Robert Mueller from Beetroot said this thing. <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh, okay, well, uh, my last news item in pinball is also regarding this week in pinball. Uh, we, ha- we have to do what all the other podcasts have done. We have to talk about the Twippy Award results because we mentioned right. the Twippy. So now, you know, we have to close that loop or else it doesn't mm-hmm. make any sense. Right. Uh, link to the results are in the show notes if people want to see like the breakouts and everything. Uh, but first, in terms of the non-game categories, these were the write-in categories. Uh, just run through those real quick. Best uh, or the favorite new mod was the Penn Stadium lighting. Uh, the favorite YouTube channel was straight down the middle of Pinball Show. 
favorite Twitch streamer was Dead Flip. And the favorite podcast was Canada's Pinball Podcast. So congratulations to all those people. For yeah, no, their... su- no real surprises there. Uh, no, I, I don't Not think really. so. Uh, no. You can there are a lot of uh, of submissions. Like if you look at the mod stuff, uh, I mean, it makes sense to me that Penn Stadium would would win. It probably won pretty handily, would be my guess, because it works for pretty much everything. Whereas a lot of mods are game specific. For example, uh, podcast wise, there uh, this old uh, yeah, it was like almost every pinball podcast was in there. <laughs> this old uh, pinball podcast even was nominated, and that hasn't been on the air since 2010. Right. <laughs> uh, though, incidentally, I do want to highly recommend if you like pinball interviews, it is worth if you want to hear historic ones because they have a number of really good interviews with a lot of people who are dead now. So if you're interested mm-hmm. in classic pinball, there is a lot of information to be had in, in the top cast. So I just wanted to get, <laughs> they don't care anymore because they've been off the air almost a decade, but, but it does have some, I've relied on it for some of those articles I've written for pinball news. It's like, if I can't find something in writing, it might be an audio under there, under the auspices of their recordings, because they really went into a lot of stuff. So mm-hmm. it was a really good show. Uh, but I want to talk about game categories because it's far more, right. It's far more in our wheelhouse than the write-in stuff. So here were the winners. I guess I'll just hit each category and we, and we can talk about it. Right. Uh, best animations and display went to Dialed In. Uh, Steve, did you yes. agree with that? Does that make I sense did, to you? I did vote with for Dialed In. I'm trying to remember my votes. But I think oh, yeah, I, I can I, barely remember yesterday. I, much I, did vote for, I did vote for Dialed In um, basically because of the SimCity format um, appealed to me. And when I'm not playing the game, I get to in, enjoy how every piece of the city sort of interacts with where you are. So if you're in the bumpers, it w- goes to the bumpers. If you're getting attacked by the theater, it shows a, a theater attack coming at you, like the EMP. It shows that. It shows the aliens attacking you in certain areas of the of the of the world. So yeah, that that's what got that's what got my that's what got my my votes. You know, SimCity Cities Excel format got me on that. So mm. that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm glad I, I'm not the only one who gets a SimCity vibe out of that uh, game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it does have it. <clears throat> oh, I'm fine with dialed in. I don't even remember who I voted for on this one. I think it was either I think I either voted dialed in or Aerosmith on this one. I think I think I voted Batman sixty six. Actually, I really liked the clip integration, mm-hmm. but. But dialed, uh, yeah, dialed in. I, I totally get. Uh, I, yeah, it's, it's visually, and it's fine. It was yeah. good. Yeah. It was solid. Yeah. So okay. So we all we all think that it's a worthy winner. Yep. All right. Best light show. Total nuclear annihilation. Got that. In a blowout. <laughs> yeah, and, and I did. I did vote for it for this one. I, I did as yeah. well. Yeah, I did as well. And just just seeing it seeing it on streams, just to see, and that's the best place to see it. The light show is really when you're on that when you have that top down view, and you can see the attract mode with the different patterns and the the way the lights come in in that Tetris format. That's that was that's a cute one. Mm-hmm. And then you have the reactor that spins when that the, the lights spin around it when it's active, and and it, it's yeah, it's it's it really draws it really draws you in. I mean, even more than even more than dialed in. Like dialed in gets respect. Because more more of the light show is functional. I mean, like it it there there's a color for every mode, and it tells you where to go, and the colors are pretty clear, and it it's it's great, you know. But 
total nuclear annihilation the way it, the way it did the light show and i def, it won me over and, and and any opportunity i get to play it just to even look at it i'll just spend a couple of seconds to look at it before i can play it you know before i get hurried up to hurry play it because there's a line eight miles deep to play the game anywhere you're at so yeah that's how it was at texas last year when it was there I, you know we only had to play it a couple of times because there was just such a line for it and that was still the whitewood point i know yeah the manufacturing had been announced um best theme this is not theme integration but just the best right. theme right. star wars won that star wars won that and batman 66 did not come second which is because i figure i'm thinking best maybe maybe the best theme question was confused by people i don't know because i think star it wars, was star uh, wars is the correct it's almost the correct answer isn't it i mean it's not even a poll um, well because, I, I, now i feel a little bad because i obviously chose the wrong answer yeah under, it's almost <laughs> under your right scenario. like it's I, almost, I I agree with I agree with you that Star Wars is the correct answer. For me, it was a little too correct because mm-hmm. it's such a timeless theme and it's been done so many times. So I did actually say Guardians because mm-hmm. I thought it okay. was more timely. It was a surprise major movie hit. And mm-hmm. so I, I did cast my vote to Guardians because I thought it was a little more clever. Like Star Wars is the obvious best theme. So I but you know, the question wasn't what is the best theme that isn't too clever? So I I guess I did sort of fail, but Oh well, as I shrug here, then no see. Uh, t- Tony, what was your? Did you vote Star Wars? I actually think I went with Guardians as well. Uh, I've corrupted, but I can't you. remember Good. if that was theme or maybe it was theme integration. And that was something. part of it because it's like you see theme and you see theme and in the bottom you see theme integration, and then I bet some people went back up to theme again and re-answered that question. Mm, yeah, be, I, yeah, I just can't remember for sure. I mean, I've got no problem with Star Wars. Star Wars is is an obvious answer because that's a theme that's everybody loves. It's huge right now. It's been huge since the seventies, and I don't think it's going away anytime soon. Uh, the best toys and gimmicks. That one went to Dialed In. Steve, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I guess because Dialed In has everything in it and lots of hidden things in it and <laughs> you got you know how how many take every every lawler toy ever and mix it together and put it in a game and make it work you got multiple magnets you got a diverter you got a you 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 got the you've got the quantum mechanic in the upper right who's sort of acting like i'm not i'm not thing from the Addis family you know <laughs> <laughs> but i am that you know I, i'm better okay and then and then you have the multiple magnets you know the, under the play field i'm i'm not the power i'm not you know i'm not that, but it works better <laughs> then you have the drones on the right side saying i'm not the idol from ripley's i'm not <laughs> but it works so so you mix it all together and it works great so yeah i i understand that that win and i mean you have aerosmith with the I remember aerosmith with jackie's toy box is awesome it's the mix of the nba free throw into a into a uh, indiana jones arc that works 98 percent of the time yeah, it's right. great Right, it's fantastic, but I can see why Dalden win, and I think I did vote it for Dalden. Yeah, I I think I voted Aerosmith on this, but but yeah, the the toys on Dalden are obvious, so it, it made sense to me that it got the win. Tony, do you remember what you? If I what remember you ch- right, I went with Dalden because because between 
uh, like it's already been said, you know, the drones and the, the phone and all the little call outs and this and that and stuff. And like the, the selfie mode gimmick, which in tournament play, when you watch is the most boring gimmick ever mm-hmm. because you just see a person <laughs> staring and every selfie is identical because they don't move. Cause that would be wasted energy. Angry, uh, angry, <laughs> serious, serious. <laughs> But, but, but when you watch people who are just casually playing it, especially, you know, when you're at the bar and they've had three or four drinks and they're, and it pops up and they're laughing and their friends are jumping in to, 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 to photo bomb it and it's flashing around that it, it's good. I, I think it definitely works, especially for a game, uh, on route type thing. Okay. Next one is best theme integration. The winner was dialed in. Of course it is. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I mean, just going, just going back, just going for a quick moment back to the toys and gimmicks. The phone is the big. That's, I mean, and that's what integrates you into the theme. You have the phone. Yes, it's. Is it a game about a phone? No, it's a game about disasters. But that phone, right? The way you have the 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 multiple screens. The phone is your iPhone slash your Droid phone, and it, the way it integrated, how it's giving you text messages, showing you the time that's left and how many shots you need, and then. And, and it's, yeah, then that's just part of it. The way, the way it's all put together, dialed in is, I mean, it's not an obvious winner, but it's pretty close. I mean, that was an easy vote for me. That was really easy. Okay. I, I, no, I, I did not vote for dialed in. I believe mm-hmm. I voted for Batman 66. Understandable. And the, my issue was, and this is so unfair to dialed in, it's unfair to total nuclear <laughs> annihilation as well, but. It's not, it's not right to do theme integration on an original theme because it's whatever mm-hmm. they say. They right, say no, it's integrated is, perfectly. Right? I created this theme. <laughs> I'm Waller and I know what I'm doing. So shut up, Dennis. You're wrong. Yeah, I won't stand for Pat it. Pat Lawler. That's the Dowden theme is Pat Lawler. Yes. It's not even disaster. <laughs> so, Pat Lawler. Okay. So, and he did it perfect. Pat Lawler. The game. Yeah. The game. Sure. <laughs> they, they would have moved more units if they called it that. But the, um, <laughs> No, so but for me, I, I interpreted it a, a little bit differently, and I to me, I had to take it as a question of working within the confines, the constraints of a license. Uh, mm-hmm. That's how I chose to interpret it, and so that meant I I had to rule out the original themes, and I thought Batman best executed on what would have been conditions placed upon the artist. So that's how so I did. That, it. So maybe that question will be reformatted next year on next year's Twippy Round Two. I mean, because there's sort of there is a con, there is a confusion between those two. So like the one we're gonna, we're gonna go up with next, not to really blow the lead here, but you know, this, the next one is gonna be the sound and call outs. And there's a little bit of confusion there, but it just seems like there may be a little bit of reformatting next year, maybe mm. to clear some of this confusion. I wonder yeah. if they shifted best theme to best license and best theme integration to best license integration, just to make it very clear. Well, yeah, but they may not, Jeff may not have meant for best license integration. That may just True. be. I mean, dialed in one, so obviously most people didn't see it the way I saw it. I may just have seen it wrong. That's it is possible. No, wait, no, it's not, that's no, not no. This is a poll. It's an opinion. It's <laughs> yeah. not wrong. Yeah, yeah. It's just my opinion. Well, well except opinion. for Steve back where you said where Star Wars was the objectively right. That answer, is correct. But... That is objectively. <laughs> <laughs> that is objectively. <laughs> that is objectively. Yeah, All right, so yeah, I can see. I definitely can see the the bit of confusion here. I mean, because what what's what theme is total nuclear annihilation? What Scott said it was. It's the yeah. yeah. It's outrun outrunners. Like is that what it's, is that what it is? Uh, yeah, but it works enough. So is it because the game is so good? It, it won votes. It wasn't even supposed to get. So yeah, <laughs> exactly. 
so let's do sound and call outs. Uh, Total Nuclear Annihilation did win that. Uh, the, the controversy, as much controversy as, as there can be with a fun awards ceremony, right. is uh, that sound and call outs was combined. But I guess so we can talk about that. But but Tony, what do you think of this category going as defined going to TNA? I'm pretty certain that's who I voted for originally in in it as it's called as it's put together i i went with total nuclear annihilation so did i was that or it was that or aerosmith but i'm pretty certain it was tna because i went with the combined i think if it was you know if it was split it was best sound and best call outs i would have probably for best sound gone for like aerosmith but no i think i went with tna overall because it just it works it works as a package mm-hmm uh steve what are what are your yeah, thoughts on this see, now i have to inject a bit of poison in here because see now thinking best sound and call outs total nuclear annihilation is best music ever <laughs> I, mean, <laughs> I, bought that, I bought that soundtrack today i bought the flak version and i listened to it on the way down the pinholics tournament yesterday it's awesome but that's not even up here so you're talking about best music or best sound is sound Sound effects, or I mean, because right. because Tony Annihilation's music is awesome. The sound is is amazingly, you know, powerful. The callouts are standard, but they get the job done. And then you have dialed in, which you know the music is catchy. That's a you know the the that I'm, I'm I hum that music all the time. Yeah, I got a new phone and I don't know what to do with it. That's the I mean that's that's <laughs> the that's the that's the song. And but I hear yes, some of the call outs are lackluster. But why are they lackluster? Because it's a news show. You're mm. listening to Fox News, CNN. You know this just in jackpot just happened. That's when that's what it sounds like. <laughs> yeah, know, that's yeah. what it is. Right. I'm Mike Banter, and this is a jackpot. I mean that's yeah. So that makes sense. That didn't really take it away. That didn't lose Dalden's vote for me, even though I did vote for total nuclear annihilation. That was. You know, because when I saw Best Sound and Call Outs, Total Nuclear Annihilation's music won it for me. It yeah, put and it, that, down. it was it was the same for me. I took it as yeah. I interpreted it as best music, and that's right. why I chose to go with it. So because it's not just the music; it's okay. I'm, uh, it's the way the music is integrated into the game. You have right. like that bass multi- drop as soon as you plunge, and yeah. And the multi ball soundtrack is different from the single ball. Like the multi ball is the full version, and then when you lo- go back to single ball. And you're trying to take out the reactor. You go to this more, more muted version of it. So you can tell you're doing something not as good as you could be doing. So you go back into multiball and everything's back powerful again. You know, you're ready to score huge and get supers. And then when you come back out, it's a little bit more pa- passive, still powerful. I mean, as passive as a powerful trans-based soundtrack can be, but it's different. And with, you know, and with a track for each reactor. And now that I've heard each of the reactor sounds, so it's, it's like a half spoiler. You know, with with as much music as 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 important to me to to play a game, like hearing the soundtrack of a of a game before I get to it is sort of a spoiler for me, but not really because I still don't know what's kind of going to happen. But yeah, that's the the best sound integrated best music for me, and that's what marked the poll for t- Total Nuclear Annihilation for me, and got it. Mm-hmm. All right, next one up was Best Code and Rules. Dialed in won that. Uh, that was my vote. That's mine. Yeah, it's a runaway. It's got yeah. <laughs> it's a runaway. Uh, best playfield geometry and layout. Dialed in won that. I don't believe that was my vote, but I I understand I understand that one winning. I think I actually went with um, Guardians for this. I actually went with TNA for this one. 
I think I chose dialed in. I think I was, I think I was lured in by the, you know, by the flow of the combos. <laughs> you know, if you can get the left ramp, left, left and right ramp theater, upper left ramp, come back down, hit the theater again <laughs> into the sim. Yeah, know, it's like good. That. It's good. Yeah, I think that's what swayed me. Uh, yeah, I think I did go for dialed in on that. Okay. Uh, best artwork uh, went to Aerosmith. I believe that was my vote. Uh, uh, it was between that and Guardians for me, and I think I like the stylized uh, version that uh, Dirty Donnie did with Aerosmith the most. So, uh, so uh, well, best artwork, our uh, best artwork was my hardest vote because when I play pinball, the artwork fades away. Yep, <laughs> I don't. I mean, I I have to I have to get to like level zero where I care about the art on the game. And, I, and there, there are things that I miss on games because I miss I have a, bit, a bit of playfield blindness. Well, before I know a feature is there, I won't even see it because I literally, really don't see it if I'm getting really into the game. So I had to fall back on, okay, which artwork really got my attention more often than not? And I, it, it went to Aerosmith. I remember voting for Aerosmith with Guardians as sort of like a second. So I can understand the closest vote there. And now that the Guardians is more local to me, I can see that, yeah, the, the Guardians art is very good. And, but I can see that, you know, the Aerosmith, the Aerosmith artwork, um, you know, did win it as much as I cared about it. <laughs> I yeah, mean, right. you know, the only thing about, the only thing about the, the Aerosmith, I guess, artwork, which I guess is, would be an incorrect assumption on my, well, not assumption, but an incorrect path on my part was that what dinged me for Aerosmith and hesitated me is the fact that I, I sometimes can't read the scores on a display because the font's so strange. Right, right. <laughs> so, but that so, falls under best animations and, that's, and displays. That's best so. animations. So then I had to like, no, that's animations. Okay, don't separate that. <laughs> okay, separate that out. We're talking about just artwork on the playfield itself. Okay, so that's what got it for me. Tony, what was your pick? Aerosmith. Okay. Uh, and the big finale right. was uh, Game of the Year. Uh, in no way shocking at all. Uh, dialed in. Don't think it was shocking at all. It what I that's what I went with was dialed in. Yep, dialed in total destruction. I mean, with, and the total nuclear annihilation definitely showing up. You know. <laughs> now I think that was Tony's pick, wasn't it, Tony? Yeah, I picked total nuclear annihilation. Mm-hmm. Uh, was- but I mean, here's the amazing thing for the whole thing to me, and for all of this is one and two. Not all of it, but for the vast majority of it, one and two throughout have been dialed in. Made by JJP, Lawler, huge, huge, well-known. And the number two or number one that's been fighting it the whole way is a homebrew. That's just amazing, too. Huge. Yep. Huge. I mean, huge respect to Scott Denise. I've said, I've said it, I've said it so many times. I'm sure people are tired of hearing it, but I fell in love with TNA back when it was just total annihilation at Texas last year. It was my favorite game of the show. It's the game I've been most interested in and following since the show. It's just amazing. Yeah, well, I, want, I looked at the Whitewood and I said, "Are you selling this? And, uh, <laughs> are you making this Whitewood? Like, just send it out like this." With the was back when he had the numbers written in marker yep. on the reactors. Mm-hmm. Like, are you selling this? I mean, is how much is it? Because <laughs> <laughs> I might want it. I mean. I, I would have I would have been perfectly happy if they put no art on that game and they Good. just sent out to that woods of that game. I'd have been happy. I could have played that game that whole weekend. I could have played just played that game. I mean everything else there, and I would have been happy just playing that game over and over again. And that was on the Whitewood. I mean, it, the, just the way it plays, just it's amazing. 
All right. Well, those are the Twippy Awards. And as I noted, show notes have a link so people can go and read and see the breakouts of all those games and how they did on each category. But now we're going to transition into competitive pinball talk. Dun, 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 dun. Steve's forte. You have carte blanche, Steve, to go into anything you want. But what I wanted to open with is an expression I see you share on Fun With Bonus a lot, which is no one wants to talk about competitive pinball, followed by a link to something talking greatly about competitive <laughs> pinball. So it's clearly a running joke, uh, but grounded, I'm sure, in some form of reality. So I just sort of mm-hmm. wanted to get your thoughts about people and the talking of competitive pinball just in a broad sense all right well um yeah it is it is based on a little uh, a bit of reality and it's it's kind of a, a a meme i was attempting to force um as much as i could um really i was just trying to i was noticing that uh i mean well really to tell you whether you're where the i guess the origin of this where my thoughts coming from is uh recent twippy award-winning podcast canada's pinball co- podcast mentioned that no one wants to talk about competitive pinball and so I'm, I listen to a show and I think, Oh, really? I, I talk about competitive pinball a lot. <laughs> so I, and the people I hang out with like to talk about it, but maybe that's why it's just because that's the people I, I hang out with are tournament players. But you know, then it got deeper. Like, okay. Um, tournament players are going to complain about the randomness in this and the randomness in that. And you know what? So, and so then it just became, Oh. Um, well, I'm going to notice, I, I'm, I'm really going to start noticing when people talk about competitive pinball and then I'm just going to repost it with the phrase, no one wants to talk about competitive pinball. <laughs> you know? And then all of a sudden, and so it, it becomes that thing where once you look for something, you start noticing it more. And all of a sudden I was like, well, wait a minute. Now Forbes has a link to competitive pinball. And now NBC News has done a feature on competitive pinball. And now. Wait a minute. <laughs> we people are really talking about competitive pinball. So now it just became, you know, as a, a, a running joke as far as I could run with it that, yeah, so no one wants to talk about competitive pinball except state championships by every article writer who wants a quick feature. And I realized, you know, yes, yeah, sometimes, sometimes some of these features are, um, like the article must be written that day. If you understand, like right, everybody right. has to write an article. So you have to write the article to get the clicks, to get the favorites and the likes and the social currency to keep your, your, your ranking up and whatever that is over there, uh, that, that they do. So part of it is that, but it's still being written. So that doesn't change the fact that people are talking about, uh, a whole bunch of state chat. I just saw a whole bunch of state championship links and I'm just linking on my site because I just do because I want to just keep a record of every time I see one that happens. And so that's kind of where it comes from. And so I just like noticing, I like noticing, you know, who's covering it, what radio station slash TV station slash newspaper is covering it, which ones don't fall for the lazy trap of using the who's pinball wizard as a music <laughs> bed yeah. underneath it, you know, extra points. If they don't do that, you know, we can, if they do that, that's one cinema sin for doing that. Okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Track subtract the point but if they don't if they can get past it without falling into that trope you know extra points for that good extra journalism points for you so that's that's kind of where that's kind of where that comes from okay so it's, it's yeah, definitely a, a fun thing that i've that i've tried to develop and i've heard you know other people you know other other podcasts use it like uh a slam tilt just picked it up <laughs> you know <laughs> podcast uh you know noticed that i was doing that and so they start doing that too when they talk about competitive pinball and you know head to head talks about it sometimes and this i want to make it clear like i don't mind if people don't talk about it it's just the the denigration of competitive pinball and 
that that was that part that got me. <laughs> you know? mm, okay. That's what got me. It's like, wait a minute. Um, it's not. It's it's interesting. I mean, I don't I don't denigrate people who talk about playfield art as the most important thing ever, and people buying things based on the art and not caring about how it plays and things like that, or which is especially a thing in the new inbox pinball drama section of the hobby. <laughs> you know, I'm more interested in the code. So you, I mean, how's play? you weren't how's it you weren't caught up in Gradient Gate with with uh, with uh, Game of Thrones. <laughs> I, I mean, I'd, I'd heard of that, and then I it, I cleared that right from my mind. I'm like, okay, fine. The art is bad on Game of Thrones. Okay, I was more concerned with the random numbers that were happening when you cashed in the the super jackpot on Hand of the King. <laughs> you know, that's right. more concerned with that. Then the fact that, oh, apparently Star Wars art is bad because it's cookie cutter Photoshop, apparently, because I don't, you know, with me, Star Wars LE is less fun to play because of that huge supercharger ramp that's in the way. Mm -hmm. I'd rather play the pro because it's out of my way. Things like that. So that, that's, that, that's, that, that was where this sort of come from, came from, you know, just, um, it's it was i mean it's not as it's not as bad as it was now but just sort of the the, the shadow denigration of the opinions of tournament players i guess is a way i could i could sum it up in a elevator pitch okay <laughs> you know, that way and so that's where the meme came from and then i just decided to have as much fun with it as i could all right well it, it makes sense now <laughs> it makes sense to me now um and yeah we do hear on a lot of podcasts now a uh, tournament play play getting discussed uh i think to mixed effect uh, you're seeing a lot more discussion in mainstream media uh which is great um you know i think the key thing especially in an audio format since that's what tony and i do uh, and we don't tend to talk as much about our our tournament stuff uh as i hear on other podcasts part of that is we're not as good at players and part of it is I think I always think it's important to remember to try and that your goal in the audio format is to tell a good story. So if your tournament thing is told in a compelling way, it's fun to listen to. And if it's told in a terrible way, it is boring right. to listen to. So there are definitely bad ways to tell a story. Like not like that not telling a bad beat story is definitely <laughs> there are bad beat stories in poker in the same sort of ways in, in pinball. So it's different ways that there, there's some good bad beat storytellers and not. I mean, have you you've been to Pinburg? That's I have the not. bad beat. That the Pinburg tournament that Saturday is the bad beat capital of the world because everybody's <laughs> thinking, oh man, if I hadn't if I had made this shot in round seven. I'd have had enough points to advance to the final or whatever. Or if I, if the ball didn't crawl over three different outlanes on Ghostbusters, then I would have had enough points to make it into the beat of it. You know, so it's kind of like that. And everybody, yeah. you know, with their sob stories and how they could have made it and, and things. So, but yeah, everybody has a bad beat story except the winner. So that's sort of standard. <laughs> yeah, Only right. the winner has the not bad beat story. They, you know, they, they have them, but it's not because they won. So that's that's also <laughs> part of it. So I definitely understand that. But again, I'm it's not necessary for a show to concentrate on competitive pinball. Just I'd appreciate the lack of denigration of it. Oh, that's all. To or, totally or, or, understand. Not, or, or not mentioning it at all is fine. That's why I, I listen to all sorts of shows when I can catch them. Um because and they're not and not all of them are competitive based and some of them just talk about drama. I mean, you know, I I don't play a lot of video games often, but I like listening to Giant Bomb. <laughs> you know, right? So yeah. it's, it's right. So it's, it's that way. They're, it's the way they tell stories. So that's that's part of it. So I can definitely understand. Well, it could just be the whole 
way. Uh, some people, when <clears throat> how the stories are told, when you get the people who are just reciting straight facts, I had this right. score and I did this and I hit that ramp and then I got this score. Right. So I won that's, that game. Now I get you. Yeah, that's, that's, that's bad. I want to know why you made this decision versus this. How did you feel about it? Were you nervous? Do you, was somebody breathing down your neck? Was somebody hovering behind you? Was somebody trying to distract you? How did you, how did you block them out? Things like that. Now, it does impress me that those people can remember that because sometimes I don't remember the game I played four games ago. (laughs) I said, I don't even remember the machine. It's like, I, 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 think i played x-men was it x-men let's see we played we played funhouse and then yeah and then x-men and then so unless something really jumps out and makes it stick out that stuff just vanishes so people who can well i hit this and this was what i was thinking this was the shot i was aiming and that was the first game i played of the day wasn't this a four-day tournament yeah that was the first game of the first day wow (laughs) it's like how did you remember that yeah, I, it's, it's, I guess it's just different sides of the brain working. Like, for example, like I just told you, I, I don't even know what some playfield art looks like right now. And I played the game <laughs> constantly because the playfield art just literally vanishes. It's like when I'm doing well on a game, I'm getting into the world of the game. The art fades away and I'm sort of inside the game. You know, like if I'm playing dialed in really well and I'm, and I'm feeling the flow of it, if you can imagine, I don't even know how I can explain this. You, you know how. Cities Excel, you can put in a, uh, a mod that gives you that 3D mode that you get into the city. I've not sort of like that. I did not know that, but now I've got to look it up. Yeah, sort of like that. So like you, 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 it becomes like I get, get drawn in to where I'm kind of everything sort of magnified and I'm not even looking at the flippers or anything. I know where the shots are. I'm in the city. I'm hitting the quantum electitude. I'm attacked. I'm being attacked. I know I'm attacking the, the corporation. They're attacking me and, you know, and it just takes a bunch of misses, a bunch of misses by me to get out of it. But it's sort of like that. And so that's why the art fades away. And so I guess it's just different, different sides of different sides of the brain working for different people. You know, uh, speaking of, uh, podcasts that are are focused on competitive pinball you host uh one with uh, nate shivers and josh shop called wide world of pinball but according to my calculations which are impeccable it's been over right. a year since there's been oh, an episode so, yeah we have a we, we have a scheduling i guess it'll be a scheduling problem i mean i'd be willing to do it but i need to, i need like a bunch of five-hour energies in order to, for me to fit the correct time that we need to fit nate in because nate's in amsterdam <laughs> Okay. When Nate was, when Nate was in America, it was fine. I could be the late guy, you know, get my five hour energy done, get started at nine 30 or 10 o'clock and PM and go. And now that he's over there, <laughs> it, it doesn't quite work out as, as well. And, you know, the, the instant that I have any sort of inkling of trying to start something up myself, I start thinking, no, no, you're, you're crazy. You'd have to, you'd have to be the one that, that's entertaining all the time. And then you'd have to do the editing. No, stop it. <laughs> and then hopefully some nice people such as yourself will invite me on a show. And then that's good. And I don't have to do any editing. I have no editing. I can just come in and talk and have fun and then wait for the show to come out. And then it's awesome. And then I don't, I, then that feeling of wanting to have a show sort of goes away for a bit. <laughs> yeah, ma- makes sense. And uh, editing is indeed the sucky part uh so uh let's move on to one of our uh one of our competitive topics um uh ifpa international flipper pinball association they score through the what's commonly referred to as the whopper system uh implementation of the one dollar fee went into effect at the start of this year uh what are your thoughts on it especially now that it's been in play granted 
it's not been in play for a month yet, so we don't have right. a lot to go off of, but. Yeah, we don't have a lot to go on, but I mean, as far as the dollar, I wasn't minding the dollar, even as prolific as I am with playing in tournaments. You know, I was, I was fine with saying, okay, I might contribute a, I might contribute a hundred dollars to this, to this thing with as many tournaments. I got fifty, hundred dollars. I might contribute to this. So I was fine with it, but I was, you know, interested to see what other people had, had were thinking about it. And it was definitely, I mean, mixed isn't even the word for it, but it seems like that mixedness has calmed down a bit on that i mean as far as i mean the the terms i've been in have integrated the dollar into the fee or you know say okay we have this the fee was this it was 25 now it's 25 but a dollar of it is going into the ifpa and the rest is going into the percentage or however we were doing it so it seems like it's being integrated well and seamlessly enough as far as what uh as, as far as what I've, I've experienced, and um, I mean, I don't know. I, mean, I figure since since I was coming on Eclectic Gamers, and Eclectic Gamers is a very, uh, you know, a, I would I would say data driven and exacting and a podcast. I wanted to do some journalism, so I did some journalism, and I asked Josh Sharp that you know I was going to be on Elect- Eclectic Gamers. So we might talk about the dollar fee. Do you have any info you might want to share about you know positive or negative effects the fee has had on the number of tournaments compared to this January last year or something like that. And what was the general tone about it? And, you know, just I'm paraphrasing what he said, but I have the, I have the communication in front of me saying that, you know, he, that he said that he hasn't seen the huge drop off that he was expecting to see uh, that has been consistent there. And he said that uh, he's, he's already heard of the of weekly events that started off the year is not IFPA dollar already dumping back in with the dollar and so it was he he says it sounds like the attendance drop put them back into the dollar i mean again we only have less than a month to go by this and part of this is the fact that the state tournaments were this month so that may skew the numbers a bit but it's it seems like that it's not really affecting them so far we'll see once we get the june-ish as we as the tournaments start rearing up what happens but so far (laughs) <laughs> so far it, it doesn't seem like it's really affected as much i mean he's uh, asked him if anything else he wanted to share he's just saying that um he, he heard from tournament directors that the tournament manager system that they you're using to uh to, to to integrate you know the new system with the dollars and and the how to uh put in information is is uh is really working well you know shout outs to brian shepherd you know an unsung hero of the whopper system you know programming it and everything so um this is he's saying that so far it's been it's a good idea okay that's from him so yeah it was it was for i mean we only have hit one tournament so far this year but we already knew what the plan was in the kansas city area it was to integrate into the existing fees which essentially made it seamless the the winners Mm -hmm. people like you are always cashing uh have noticed a slight drop off on the totals of their accumulation but Mm -hmm. the uh but the overall impact has not you know it's not it's not visible to most of the players, so that's gone fine. I I was going to pull numbers, and then when I saw that the, the SCS was in January instead of February, I was, right. I was like, okay, Exclusive. well, I'm not going to know anything till March. So right, so, yeah, because that because that boosted by like 40 events for this month, right? Because there's like 40 some odd right uh, states and and provinces involved, but then that would take away 40 some odd from February. Right. So. so you really need to combine the two to have any sort of uh, parity. So we're going to have to wait a little bit. 
but I, I thought I'd bring it up since I, I had you on at the time. So, mm-hmm. but you know, I'm I'm fine with it. Just personally, you know, I def, I, again, just speaking for myself because that's all I can speak for. Is <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm fine with it. I'm fine with it. It seems to be working okay, and hopefully. Hopefully we'll see what the prize pools end up being. I'm sure like, you know, places like New York is going to be ridiculous and, and ridiculous amount and the Portland area, Portlandia is going to be a huge area as far as the prize pool. And, you know, maybe we'll, maybe it'll get up to a point where we'll, it's, it's to get it. I mean, I agree with what, what Josh also said to me is that it's, 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 we're trying to get to a point where to, to get some outside sponsorship income so that we're not playing for our own money we're playing for someone else's money <laughs> you know, right. so that's the ultimate goal and so i can i can even see that long-term path down the road of what that could be and so this is just the first like step step 0.5 on the way of maybe getting to that point where there's a sponsorship that removes the dollar out or something but we need something to go by to get attention because yeah, a lot of, a lot of those, a lot of those, uh, articles that are written and those news stories that are made are based on the fact that such and such is for such and such a money. I mean, you know, I, I watched a hundred thousand dollar darts because this was a hundred thousand dollars. <laughs> you know, and darts was like, I'm not, why am I watching darts? Oh, it's for a hundred thousand dollars and it's on ESPN. Now, why is it on ESPN? Is it on ESPN because it's a hundred thousand dollars? Or is it the hundred thousand dollars came first and then the ESPN? It's like, where was the catch 22 that broke through that to, to get it on? You know, so how do we get on the Ocho? How do we, how do we get on the Ocho? I don't know. <laughs> so uh, yeah. th- th- thus, thus ends the journalism. So yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, then let's go ahead and we'll move into a, a, a topic that is obviously near and dear to you. And I can say that oh, because yeah. I saw one whole article about it. <laughs> 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 this, yes. Yeah. This was an article that I started writing and it just start, kept going. And I it was, it was going. really good. I really, I like this. I, I, I want this topic because it's some, something that Tony and I have not ever spent any time on this podcast talking about and that is fatal rule set flaws and how to fix them and so for those that don't know and we have a link to fun with bonus in the show notes so people go check it out if you have not but surely you all have uh and steve has a piece up about theater of magic specifically and it's talking about but uh about the problem with that game when it comes to a high level competitive standpoint and what could be done to improve upon that and that's something that's you know, applicable to a lot of different games and depending when it needs to apply. I mean, some, some of these exploits are easier than others to take advantage of, or they're not even exploits at all. It's just weird rule features. But mm-hmm. uh, do you want to go ahead and start with the sort of summarizing the issue with theater of magic? Cause that's probably a, a, as good of a game to start with as any. It really is. The theater of magic is one of those games that I really like to play as long as I totally ignore the way I'm supposed to play it. <laughs> okay, I mean, the, you know you're supposed you 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 when you play a theater of magic, you want to do all the the illusions and and start multi ball and get all the jackpots and get to get to the grand finale and get get your huge score. But what ends up happening during tournaments is you shoot the left orbit all the time. <laughs> I mean, and why? Well, because a it's an easy shot to hit. Also, you get a theater letter. If you get a theater letter, that helps you get to the hurry up, which goes a lot of points. And it also gets you to the bumper areas where you can get more points or a bonus multiplier, which gives you, guess what? More points. <laughs> and so, and so if, so if you shoot it, 
it could come all the way around to your right flipper, which you can guess what? Shoot the same shot over again, because why wouldn't you? Because you just did it and it was so easy. And if it lands in the bumper area, you can it will come down the right to the right flipper where you can catch it if you're skilled enough and do what? Shoot the left orbit again. So what ends up happening is every every tournament player knows this. And if you're not a tournament player and you join a tournament which has theater of magic in it, you will know it because you'll see someone who knows it doing this thing. So that becomes the thing to do. And so what you have is a whole lot of skilled players doing the thing to do. And then theater of magic games take an hour and you can't have that during a tournament. So what we saw during Indus, the It Never Drains in Southern California event, you know, a great event run, you know, run by Carl D'Angelo, uh, over in, uh, and, uh, and Jim Balsito over in California and Banning as what they did is they, they took, they made theater a tournament game. I mean, they, they, they take some games that, that, that we see as not tournament games and somehow make them tournament games. And what they did was they made the tilt really tight and they also made it so that when you shoot the left orbit, it comes out at a strange way at a very dangerous angle. So you don't want to shoot it. And then they took the trunk and they made it active with one hit. Yo, you have to do is hit the trunk one time to start a mode. So all sorts of things to, to, uh, discourage people from shooting, from trying to do the thing. So I was hoping, I was trying to come up with an idea that would, you know, help to not have to do that because we can't clone Carl D'Angelo and Jim Belsito everywhere, <laughs> you know, although we'd like to because they're so awesome. So that's where this sort of idea came from that I'm hoping could help. And it was just an article that kept I kept writing and kept going and it kept making sense. And I'm like, okay, this is turning into a thing. I wonder if this could be implemented into a new ROM, which they had a new ROM there too. They also had a ROM there for Theater of Magic that decreased the combo value. So you couldn't just shoot the center ramp over and over and over. And it also decreased the bonus X potential where normally if you shoot the bonus X, you go two two x four x six x eight x and you're done. You're ready for your huge bonus. Now it's two x three x four x five x. So it changes it from two x to one x each. So it just every you see everything that I'm describing is trying to discourage the player from shooting that left orbit. So then that's where this idea came in. And so I feel like I've been talking too much. So I want to. <laughs> well, no, it was a, that was a good summary. And so in the case of the of the Indus game, they both modified it in software and they modified it in hardware because of that right. feed that feed kick out from the right from the right orbit. Yeah, and it turned out awesome. I mean, you know, they said the highest score was one point six billion. So I mean, that's pretty good management there. So that's pretty good. Okay, so let's come up with a with another game. Tony, do you have a do you have a game in mind? I'll be honest. I don't know enough of the rule sets more beyond the basic to have really good or really notice any big flaws in them other than I'm not that great. Hmm. Let's see. Once, well, once you see a couple of, like now, now that you know the theater, well, did you know the theater flaw before? <laughs> no, I didn't, but I know what I'm now doing next time now, I play it. Watch your score will jump amazingly. I bet you, Tony. This you is this is why I should have taken you to theater because it, it is what I try and do. No, you will now get billions. Like all of a sudden, you'll do that, and you'll you'll not have played any many modes at all, and you, it'll start counting your bonus, and it'll be like, okay, you did this, and you did this, and you got this many theater letters, and you have eight X, and your bonus is three hundred and fifty-two million. 
What? <laughs> Meanwhile, you scored four hundred million, right? And now you're adding three hundred million to your bonus. Wait, what? Hello? <laughs> you know, so see what? that so, would explain several of the games I've played on it, where the other guy, it's like this is a pretty close. What? Oh, what is it? <laughs> you turned your head. I've had that a bunch of times. <laughs> yep, that's it. It's, we've we've revealed the secrets to the magic. Mm. See, Tony's going to become a dangerous player now. Don't take him to yeah. theater anymore, everybody. <laughs> it's over. Once he gets used to that left orbit, it's over. So, well, yeah, that, good. Oh, I was going to say, well, uh, in terms of, I, I thought some, that would be obvious. Obvious in, just, in terms of software alone would be things like Back to the Future or Bugs Bunny, where you've got the mm. score stealing oh, and you Lord. just can't, you, you just can't. <laughs> I, we, <laughs> when we are, uh, I'd never played Bugs Bunny's birthday ball until Texas Pinball Festival last year. Someone had a, mm-hmm. a, a restored, one of the vendors had a restored one. Wow. And I, all I knew is it was awful. Mm-hmm. And I was with a group of three other people and I said, oh, we need to play Bugs Bunny because it's terrible. And we start playing it and, and you know, no one's really loving the shots or anything, but everyone's like, but why, you said it was really terrible. And I was like, just, just wait. Cause I knew why. So just, just wait. wait. And we, we, we get to the end and the last place person opens his birthday present and gets to swap <laughs> scores with the second place person. And everyone just walked away in disgust. Okay. And it was, it was truly precious to me. And I cherish this oh, memory. Yeah. It's like, you got to show them the poison. You know, you got right. to show right. it but, to them. But, you know, I mean. It doesn't have to be a great shooting game. If we could go in and put in a new ROM and take away score stealing, it would at least right. be it, it would Huge. at least be viable. Even if you didn't like the mystery awards, it'd at least be viable. I mean, we could throw a lot of Gottlieb's under the bus for just saying, let's take out the mystery or or make it not as extreme of a of a range. Right. Sort of all of a sudden, you 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 work, you grind, you grind, and all of a sudden you get oh this this super is now worth three hundred million. Which meanwhile you scored fifteen million during the whole game. You know those, those strange got got leave imbalance scoring or you know just swap take, take high score. Which one has take high score? Like police force, I think. You know. Yeah. All yeah. of a sudden, just take high score. Yep. Okay. Uh. Yeah. Hit, no, no, yeah. No, shoot, no. shoot this. Shoot this easy ramp twice and take the score. Let's not do that. Let's not. Okay, um, how will we prevent that? Let's take that and make it shoot it nine times to take the highest score. Okay. <laughs> right. Right. I don't, right. I don't, I don't um, think that. How about, uh, unfortunately, it's another another Gottlieb one, but it was one that immediately popped to mind when I read your article, Gladiators. Ooh. And, and the ooh. calm before the f- storm exploit. Calm, right. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, let's just build up the entire... <laughs> the entire world so that can yeah just build up this huge jackpot it's yeah that's pretty that's very egregious there but if you could do something like uh limit the use to the abyss hole like maybe Mm -hmm. make them shoot something else or some things that's right uh another thing is uh i think the common strategy is to time out all the modes to get to calm before the storm so make it so you can't time them out that would actually benefit almost any game would be to get right that's the perfect segue roller coaster tycoon Roller coaster timeout. That's what it is. You time out most of the modes on it. And so you get to park tycoon, which is the wizard mode with like no guests. So it was worth no points, but you don't really care because you got guaranteed points where you can't drain. Mm-hmm. And so you, then you do it again, <laughs> you know? And so that's why that game, that game takes four years to play. If you have, if you have a whole bunch of people who are, who know how to do that. And if the game's playing easy enough, you can't have it in a tournament because the worst game, worst things they have in the tournament is you have this one game that's taking up too much time because it can hold people back and, and, 
waiting is bad. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. So that would be a – yeah, that and that would – in theory, it sounds like it would be a pretty easy software fix. You, you'd want to disable the troll at the same time. Uh, oh yeah, for sanity reasons, oh. but oh yeah, that troll. Oh no, he he wants to be Rudy so bad, but he just isn't. <laughs> he's just he's I'm, trying. He he even steals Rudy's saying, "I'm just not happy with you now," and that's how he says it. <laughs> it's like you know you did not say that. <laughs> you are not Rudy. It's mm. <laughs> so annoying. Yeah, I mean, a few other ones that sort of came to mind. See, some of them have uh, wouldn't be too bad, like premieres title fight maybe it wouldn't have been mm-hmm. too bad if that loop wasn't so easy to shoot right but it, it just is right there yeah it's yeah. just it's like here you must shoot me i am a loop and i'm an easy I, loop I, i'm loop get it yeah get it just why not you don't have anything to do shoot it <laughs> it's fine you're gonna get points for it and do it again i mean once i guess one that's less obvious i guess is um um toten um where you just shoot oh. the lamp a lot yeah. just really a toten to shoot the lamp that's it yeah Shoot the lamp, 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 make a wish, triple lamp scoring, lamp, 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 till you die. That's it. Right. And that's, think, yeah, that one probably is just uh, modifying the wish. Like, don't, people shouldn't get to, if you could take out the ability to wish for uh, the stars or, or whatever right. they are. The triple, yeah. Right. Don't take right. triple out. It would, yeah, that that would alone happen. would probably, yeah. Because I actually, I really like a lot about how that game feels, but competitively, mm-hmm. you know. Well, I don't really like any J-pop game competitively other than uh, World Cup soccer. But World Cup, right? Yeah, World Cup is again, it's like it's opinions, right? But World Cup is objectively, yeah, right? objectively, like, it, it is the it is the right it's answer. Not a, it's yeah. an opinion, but yeah. it's as close to it's, objective as you can get. It's science. You know? It's science. Yep. It is it's science. But yeah, I mean, we've there's definitely there's some posts on tilt forums with I mean software being in the works that are you know you've seen so you definitely if you go to tilt forums you'll see some of that there. I mean I've seen uh, just oh here's another one that came to mind that's totally unrelated. Firepower. Oh, that spinner. Get, <laughs> right, the spinner. A A the spinner. Right, but B on the other end is like I want to get rewarded for a two ball or three ball. Otherwise, mm. I don't care. So there's a there's a ROM that gives you double or triple scoring for getting two ball and three ball. So you know this or or Barracora. It's missing from Barracora. You don't get. Oh yeah. I I want my three ball to have. It doesn't have to be triple. Give me double scoring for three ball, and then give me one and a half scoring for two ball, so it doesn't get too crazy, you know. But just, just something like that. I think that would make Barracora like the complete game. I love Barracora yeah. except for that. Right. Except for that part. Yeah, I like the. Yeah. I like the 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 whole the integration of the of the double lights at the top. Uh, mm-hmm. in le- the the lanes. There's it's so clever. Uh, yeah, it's so confusing. Yes. It's so clever. I, 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 like, I really I like enjoyed watching uh, Bowen's tutorial where he kept accidentally clearing them out because it's you got to do. Wrong. It's like math on the fly. <laughs> no, I'm trying to talk here. Um, yep. I, I actually, I, I do have a firepower and I was always really tempted in that ROM. The only problem is, uh, you have to change the board set. You have to upgrade the board set for firepower. The system, what is it? What's its default system six? It, it can't handle the multipliers. It's already, right. but cram that chip as full as it could yeah. get. Yeah. So you need like the seventh digit too. Yeah. If you really you have get to do the triple that, yeah. and you get that spinner. Oh, yeah. No. Yeah. You know, yeah. It's just like, it's a little too, little too easy. It's already relatively easy to roll firepower. So, uh, right. But at least it would make it worth going for oh, yeah. the three ball. Right. Yeah. You know, otherwise I don't even look at it. No, I mean, <laughs> at home I'll, I'll do it because it's the hardest thing to go for. But, but I always, right. I always have to pause them and be like, all right, well, I might see this in tournaments. So now it's time for me to practice my spinner shots and right. just do spinner shots, uh, which is frustrating. So yeah, there we go. We fixed them all. It'd be nice yeah, if there was we, a, a 
a repository or something where we could download the ROMs easier. Cause I, I've seen like on tilt forums, people asking, Oh, can I get the Papa ROM for this or that? And it's like, be nice if we could just, I mean, if it's, if it's okay and they're, and they're freely available to have a, mm-hmm. you know, community sort of site, like Papa hosting a site where here you can download the Papa approved tournament ready ROMs and just, right. Maybe, maybe that exists. And we, and I just don't know that it must, mm. it's secret. Then they kept it secret. I mean, it's a secret. <laughs> they don't want us Where's to that page. Yeah, <laughs> Papa official Papa official ROMs. You know, use you know these are the officially approved. You know, and then that we have you have that that ROM that fixes the the Dracula glitches, and then mm. we have you know right, right. they're all it's all in one place, and it's all it, it, maybe it does exist. Okay, well, uh, the the final topic in competitive pinball that I think I'll go ahead and segue us into now is uh, one that I've had come up. Uh, locally here recently and uh wanted to get your thoughts on this because you're such a prolific tournament player uh and that's on ideas on what people can do to help grow their local scene to get new competitive pinball players into tournaments and and i'm Mm -hmm. specifying tournaments rather than leagues we've we've actually covered the league discussion bo and karen's was on back in may with us and we really focused in on league discussion but for example, here in the Kansas City area, there are a lot of those sort of local one-day tournaments, but it's, you know, it's basically the same people coming to, to to them. We might see one to two new people a tournament, and by new, I mean they're not yet uh, contributing to the IFPA formula. That's sort of my definition. When I, right. I ran analytics a week ago on the KC stuff for 2017, showing here are the tournaments, here are the average, quote-unquote, novice players, and and what all that looked like. And the numbers were all pretty close from tournament to tournament. But all our tournaments are kind of the same. Uh, in terms of the format, they're usually pretty similar. Uh, so I just wondered if you had any thoughts on uh, – I know you tend to be at that sort of the higher-level big event stuff, but hey – you're you're uh you're a top competitive player what what works what 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 seduces the newbies so that they can help pay pay me well part well part of the well i guess one one part of this is seducing the newbies and the other part is just bringing them in so they don't run away and i guess we covered one of that one one of the one of the aspects we covered is that waiting is bad so you know people don't want to come to wait and they don't want to come to a place where they think they're going to Come in, get their butt kicked, and then they have to leave. You know that's so that both of those things are, are terrible. So match play helps with that. I mean, uh, the 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 qualification best game herb style stuff doesn't help with that as much because if, imagine if you go you go into a, to a best game qualifier, and now that there are a lot of people who play pinball, there even there are a lot of pinheads who like me who play pinball a lot, and we're there. And we're filling up the queues and the queues are like five deep. And then a new player gets up there and then you explain to them how to get in and then you explain them to get on the queue and then they're waiting for five people to play and then they get up there and then they play for 30 seconds and then they're waiting again. You know, that's, that's the one of the most discouraging things that I've seen people talk to me about is the waiting. So, you know, the match play definitely helps with that. I mean, imagine, imagine if you're, imagine if I just put it like this. Okay. You have a bunch of people who are in line for a popular ride, like a roller coaster and you're waiting in line and then it's your turn to, to, to go. Normally each ride takes the same amount of time. So you kind of know how long the wait is, but now imagine the length of the time you're riding depends on how skilled you are in riding it. 
So it's kind of, you know, if, if, right. so if you're not good at it, if you're not good at riding the ride, you get up there, you just saw, you just saw somebody play theater of magic for an hour, right? And right. shoot the left orbit 87 times. And then you step up, brick three times and drain because the ball seams are off because it's a tournament and everything. It's really, it's really discourages, discourages people putting in that second entry fee. You know, they'll get, they'll put in that free one and then they're gone. But, I mean, that's just one reason why Pinberg is the best format ever, ever, because it's guaranteed play. No matter how good or bad you're doing, you're going to have guaranteed play with a whole bunch of people that you made, that people that you hopefully brought with you to play. And then you're going to meet a whole bunch of random people that you, you know, may not, not even, you know, knew played before. And then you can, you'll play with a whole bunch of different people every round. So, and you're, it's guaranteed play. So, which, which takes out, which is, like some formats, like say double elimination, are good, but in double elimination, somebody loses twice immediately and they're gone. Right. <laughs> you know? So, so match play solves doesn't solve. Well, it helps with that too. You know. So it, just the fact that you're facing people of your of your equal skill, and as you get better, you start facing other people who are better. You start seeing, you know, different strategies which help you get better, and then. You know, I mean, and that's, I guess that's the, that's, I guess that's part of the catch 22 for the new players that you bring them in. And yes, they will get their natural butt kicked a few times because they're a new player and they're stepping into a scene where there are people who have played, but then hopefully we can get to the point where they'll start to learn what's going on. And, and once they figure out the fact that really all they have to do is ask most people and they'll tell you kind of how, kind of what to do. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And kind of, that, that's sort of the unique thing about pinball. I think. Well, I don't know how unique it is as far as uh, pinball versus other gaming scenes, but I know at most places, I, this is a fake number, but I'll say 95% of the people, <laughs> you know, nine times out of 10, you ask somebody about something, they'll tell you, as long as you're not currently in the game, they'll kind of give you some tips on what to do. And all it takes is one or two things and teaching somebody how to drop catch once and they're kind of in, mm-hmm. you know, once they see, oh, that's not magic. Oh, you just did. Oh, watch. I can teach you how to do it. Done. Okay. Now you caught the ball and you're waiting to make a shot. Now you can aim for that. Okay, and then okay, why did I aim for that? Well, you aim for that because of this and this, and now this is active. Now you start to they start to get into the flow of how the game works, and they start getting better. And then you start seeing the layers of how a game works. You know, which is why we have really have to hopefully you know keep programmers like you know uh, Lyman and Keith around. You yeah. know, who keep who keep programming those games where the, with the multiple layers, like you have Monster Bash, which is Bash Frank for the new player, but then the new player sees the monsters and. Then we can get them to bring monsters in with multi-ball and see how that's better than just bashing Frank all the time. And so there's that, there's that progression that helps the new player get into the game. So we have to hopefully hope for games that will keep doing it. Like Walking Dead has that. Walking Dead has bash the well walker. It's a big, huge thing. Hey, <laughs> hit it. And then you see how dangerous it is. And then why am I draining? Well, don't do this all the time. Try this. Oh, okay. Then I'll hit the, yes. Then you hit the well walker. Nice. And so that's part of it. I mean, at, the, a fr- I guess ma- match play is friendlier because of the guaranteed play to a point. I mean, sure. Some match plays might have finals in it, which, uh, which is a limiter, but then you have a match play like the sanctum, which has no finals. It's just straight up, get it done 24 hours. But you know, that's that, that I guess that's part of it. I guess more match play because herb style, Herb style uh, qualifications are beginning to collapse under their own weight. 
Um, I mean, we're going to have to have a point where we have 20 games and qualify. Right, right. (laughs) It's going to get bad where all of a sudden we have the popularity is going to be great, which is awesome for the scene. But then we're going to have queues of like 10 people deep on Metallica. And yeah, (laughs) now, of course, the Never Drain software makes that makes that great because you can queue up and go see the rest of a show. You know, and then notice that you're moving up on the queue on your phone. And then when you're getting close, come back. So that helps. I mean, having great software like the Never Drain system, you know, really helps with that. But still, you know, match match play is what gets people playing and talking and, you know, drinking alcohol if they do that and, you know, having fun and doing that. And then and also not being limited by the fact that there is a final that you get kicked out of because you didn't play as well. Okay. Well, we don't, we don't do a ton of match play. We tend to do a lot of double elimination. So it's, it's mm-hmm. something for us to, us to consider us being the scene. Will they do it? I do not know. Yeah. I don't know. I, I'm just, yeah. I'm just a guy <laughs> with a microphone. Know. I don't, yeah, d- I have double no elimination power. is easier to do. Yeah. It's just, it's just as somebody loses twice. I mean, it's just, that's just math. That's science. So yes. <laughs> somebody's going to lose we, out we, twice. We, of, and be we do gone. a lot of science here on EGP. It's sort of our, right. it's like our thing. <laughs> Right. Well, so yeah, I don't know if any of that made, made a bunch of sense, but oh, it's yeah, kind of no, what, it, what I'm thinking. Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, we do have actually a couple video game topics we're going to hit on with you here. Uh, mm-hmm. Hopefully, uh, you're not totally lost. Sounds like you're you're actually fairly well aware of things outside of the realm of pinball. Mm-hmm. Uh, Enough, right? <laughs> and Tony, you've got one here about a, a pretty big Nintendo announcement that I think came out just after we aired last time. It was. It came out just a day or two after we aired last time. Nintendo announced their Nintendo Labo for their new for the new Switch console. Science, which it, science. It, it, it's lots of science, and it's cardboard, and it's seventy and eighty dollars for a set. Mm. So. Mm-hmm. But they're going with the, the, using the various controls on the Joy Cons and the little infrared cameras to let you actually take cardboard, fold it up into shapes, insert Joy Cons into the shapes, and then it becomes a controller of some type. Uh, it's one of those things that seems definitely more at kids. But what's interesting to me, is just how far Nintendo has gone out again, like they have in the past, uh, to the, the the kind of weird Nintendo zone where they're like, well, nobody's ever thought of doing there. Nobody's, I mean, I'm not saying nobody's ever thought of do this, but this seems kind of weird. But we'll do it. Is the big interesting one to me is they've got an eighty dollar one that uses the Joy Cons, and you literally make a giant robot suit out of cardboard, and you stomp around your living room. Wow. And yeah, I saw hit that. stuff I'm like what? Yeah, <laughs> I, it's eighty dollars, and the thing is, is I really am like I, I kind of want that. Mm. <laughs> you know, and uh, this shows yeah. this shows uh, uh, that I read too much on pinball because when I saw that, when I saw the trailer for it, I thought it, it was pretty clever. I also thought it it totally reminded me of the uh, Pinbox three thousand. That's it. I wasn't gonna say it. Yeah, I'm, I'm here. I'm here to something. cover for you here. Uh, <laughs> I was gonna say. It. <laughs> so and boom, I'm right there with you, Dennis. I'm right there. That's right. Uh, which is a uh, cardboard uh, kits people can buy to build their own cardboard pinball machines, uh, mostly oriented to kids using marbles and stuff. It's really cool though. You can put in like multi ball features and stuff. So uh, we do have a link to the Nintendo Labo and the Pinbox 3000 in the show notes so people can read about both of those. But yeah, the Nintendo thing, uh, really clever, really weird, really Nintendo. 
Yeah, it's it's definitely Weird Nintendo. As I saw online earlier, Weird Nintendo is best Nintendo. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's, it's it's always it's cute kawaii Nintendo, and then there's Weird Nintendo. So <laughs> mm-hmm. that's where you get that money. <laughs> and you know, there's Amiibo Nintendo, so, right? That there's that level. But I mean, I was looking at this, and I'm thinking, yeah, first thing I look at this, it reminded me of the Pinbox Two Three Thousand, and then I'm thinking. I mean, is, is there some educational value in this? I mean, you know, just thinking, you know, possibly bringing in this, this to schools or someone. That's kind of where my mind went when I saw this because I went right to the Pinbox 3000. So I'm like, okay, bring that in. We can bring those in for to teach physics and construction and things like that. So I'm like, maybe this can be used in a similar way. I mean, other than just pure fun, which this looks like it would be pure fun. Sure. I mean, this well, is, this is, may, yeah, this is maybe one of the future labos that Nintendo will do would be a little cardboard cabinet style thing for the Switch. I mean, that uh, they already have yeah. uh, pinball arcade, stern pinball arcade, and they can be played in portrait mode, so you can see them long view, and um, so it already supports that kind of cabinet view style when you play on that system for the virtual pinball. Yeah, I've been playing Pinball FX3 on my Switch. Mm-hmm. And uh, mm. I just think it was really clever that they were like, hey, you know what? Unlike most, the biggest problem with virtual pinball, in, in my view, is normally you're you're confined to the TV dimensions and they are wide, not tall. Right. And you can't just go, I, at least I can't just go to my my stand and say, all right, TV, <laughs> right. it's 90 degree time. Let's yeah. have some fun. You're not going yeah. <laughs> to tape mode your TV like you're playing a shmup or anything. Yeah. You can't, yeah. It doesn't kind of work. You can't, it doesn't work really. And that what is what I think one of the challenges of growing pinball as a spectator sport is uh, mm-hmm. as nice as Carl's streams and stuff are, you still just have the obstacle of we're watching on TVs where it's very difficult to see the play field because it's getting squished. Mm-hmm. Squishy, squishy playfield syndrome. Squishy playfield. Yeah. Let's see. Uh, the only other video game item we were going to touch on was uh, Dragon Ball Fighter Z, which is a fighting game that just came out. Uh, Tony, you you have it. I have it. I I I went ahead and I wasn't going to get it, but the initial reviews of the PC version showed just that it was a really good port, so I went ahead and grabbed it, and it's enjoyable it, it it reminds me a lot like i thought from the the videos and like i thought from all the beta stuff is it reminds me of some of the old marvel cat versus capcom fighting games and i could see where this might be one of the new big fighting games once the tournament the mid the big tournament start showing up again oh yeah outside of watching competitive pinball and competitive overwatch i also like to watch competitive fighting games <laughs> oh I, yeah evo all day oh yeah, yeah that, that, that wastes the whole that wastes a weekend oh yeah, yeah it's great yeah, it's great then you do it more. and hey why do people watch they got that big prize pool now that capcom exactly. stuff oh my gosh so uh i got this well as well for xbox one um pretty easy combo setup uh you know it was one of those easy to learn difficult to master story mode does a good mode does a good job walking through how to play because i haven't played much fighting games since uh, killer instinct several years ago so i don't play yeah i haven't i don't play a lot of fighting games anymore i used to i was always a huge soul caliber soul caliber person which apparently there is a new soul caliber coming but i haven't played them in a while and i ain't got the young reflexes anymore pinball's more forgiving that ball only moves <laughs> yeah. so fast I mean, but yeah although there are ways there are ways to make that ball move fast i'll tell you i, I played a tron yesterday that oh that was making people shaking their heads oh my god uh, there there are two two tur- two <laughs> tournament games i cannot stand uh, uh, mm-hmm. uh, full full confession you want you want to freak me out you put me on mustang or you put me on f14 mm. they're too fast for me i just i feel like i can't keep up with the ball 
Um, it's a terrible feeling, terrible. But yeah, Tron can be pretty brutal too with that uh, when we've had it on location. I'm actually going to go off the off the list since <gasps> we're done with the list oh, anyway. Going off the board. Oh, no. we're, going off the board. Yeah, we're, we're off the board. Now, Steve, you've mentioned multiple times uh, when we were talking the pinball segment about SimCity and City mm-hmm. Skylines. Right. So, uh, so I'm assuming that means those are games you you enjoy. And as somebody who grew up with SimCity and has been has played a fair chunk of City Skylines myself, have you pay, played the newest uh, SimCity that came out? Not not the newest one. No, not the I'm newest. Of it. Yeah. Yeah. See, I was looking look at it. Now. And then the city skylines just seemed more like the old one than the new Sim City. So I played, so I've been, I played a lot of city skylines, but the uh, whole building style of game, uh, and the city design style of game are a game that I've always really enjoyed. So it was so interesting to me to hear you mention it so much. Right. I mean, yeah, cause definitely when I saw, when I saw, you know, the skylines, everybody, you know, everybody lets playing it everywhere on YouTube. You know, I was like, okay, I guess, I guess, uh, cities, city skylines is taking the title away. Is that what, is that what's happening now? But okay, now I'm seeing this new version now. Hold on. All right. <laughs> okay. Let's see. Does it look like they're maybe copying off each other? I mean, is it just, is it, just a, is it going to be a graphics battle? Are we tightening up the graphics on level three? Is that what's happening? That's pretty much what it is. It's, it's a graphics battle and a slight play difference battle that mm-hmm. some people prefer one over the other. I said, I play a lot of city skylines because it lets me do more of the kind of stuff that I like. And mm-hmm. uh, it, it, doesn't have it, it reminds me more of the older sim cities where the new sim city has a lot more uh innovations which mm-hmm. could be good or bad for you so i just they're, they're neither of them are new games they've both been out for a little while now but it, it it's just interesting to see games like that and i'd never really made the dialed in connection as much as like you said it, it kind of does have that feel it was just the, the the way the overhead perspective was. It was like they just took a section of a of a completed SimCity map that you just you finished building and you haven't gone back to in a while, and just mm-hmm. put it in the game. <laughs> just put it right in the game. Yeah, that, that's that that's always a good feeling. I mean, I like I said I played a lot of those games when I grew, was growing up. I play a lot of them now. Those and I play I play railroad games too. I like railroad mm-hmm. games. Now, does it seem like so just? How how much are they getting into the granular aspects of it? Like as far as you know, uh, taxes and you know, uh, I mean, because like, cities, cities can get gr- pretty granular. What are you talking? About? You know, yeah, they're down to the citizen they, level. They get into it pretty decently. Uh, I know city skylines it lets you do it. Uh, it doesn't get like real deep into the weeds. It makes things very easy, but you can designate certain sections of the city. This is, this is Robert Hills and that's mm-hmm. going to be the expensive, nice place for people to live. Right. And, and this is the, this, this is, is, is a big iron, heavy equipment industrial area. And we'll adjust the taxes and the rates and the this and that's on this area based upon that. So, I mean, it's there, but it's not inaccessible. Mm-hmm. And it does a good job on letting you do the whole layouts, uh, how you want instead of kind of locking you in more. But the nice thing about city skylines is it's on steam and they've got the workshop and the mods and you can make it 
just insanely complex with mods right. mm-hmm. or make like, it really easy with custom mods. buildings and everything. Like I can have my Taco Bell in there or whatever. Or yeah, exactly. Like, or all stuff the way. like that. And, <laughs> Uh, and, and, and for, for obvious reasons, I always, like, I play with a lot of mods that have a lot of stuff on the public works side of, uh, the city. So you have to, it goes more in depth than the norm. Normally it's, oh, this is water and water goes to the house and this is, this is building gets real sewer and that building creates water and this building creates trash. And that's all public works. For obvious mm-hmm. reasons, I, I play with stuff that lets me go much deeper into public, public works right. because that's what I actually do for my mm-hmm. job. So that mm-hmm. stuff's important to me. But just for people who like that kind of game, uh, and if they've not tried city skylines, it's definitely something I would recommend. It's looking like, like it's looking like SimCity. We have our twenty nine ninety nine to get in, and then is this four ninety nine a month? Is that the same thing? What is going on? Yeah, the pricing the, scheme. The here? new SimCity. It's it's an man. I don't even because this is not the same business model as it's not it's not as good it's not as, as uh, friendly a business model as say pinball effects you know where you can buy a game and, and i'm out but this is this yeah no so it, it it's not uh, the mm. the new sim city is very much a get in and play it and you get all sorts of bonuses when you have the origin access oh so, boy yeah it it's it's EA doing what EA does for right. money. Mm-hmm. So that's why, that, that's why I was, I was definitely saying on the side of city skylines because city skylines is a one time purchase, not a whole bunch of stuff. And it, it's the same thing. It's, mm-hmm. it's 30 bucks as well, but <clears throat> yeah, it, it definitely has insanities. But that's leading me. That's leading me to Skylines. <laughs> to get into, to keep getting into Skylines. I'll tell you that because uh, you know, especially if you have, if you have a if you have a monthly fee, it might become like one of those services you get and you forget you have, and all of a sudden, you, why did I spend fifty dollars a year yeah, last it, year on SimCity? I haven't touched it in eight months. <laughs> Wait a minute. It hmm. just comes up to the what's becoming the general rules that if it says EA, you need to be real careful with it. Mm-hmm. all right Uh, well definitely we made it we got to the end of the show we did it Uh, thank you steve so much for coming on and speaking with us uh educating us on the awesome all the on the weird competitive uh things that yeah that are only only understood by the true king of caching himself and uh, for our listeners, if you want to reach out to us, uh, we're on Facebook, facebook.com slash Eclectic Gamers Podcast. We're also on Twitter and Instagram as Eclectic underscore Gamers. And those of you who do follow on Instagram might have noticed that I've actually been posting stuff there again lately. Yay, me. I'm actually doing it. <laughs> Journalism. <laughs> and uh, until next time, where I guess we'll, we should have the Deep Root Pinball interview for everyone to enjoy. Yep, and we do still have our Discord link active on the last episode. And there's a link to it on our website, eclecticgamers.com. So, all right, everyone, see ya. Bye. Bye-bye.